0: 今、次の放送はファンによるファンのためのファン報酬オブキャルチュアポートキャストですこの番組はフランドスマザー、ネリクの財布の適用日程を送ります
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanholes Toku Thursdays. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight on Toku Thursdays, and joining me tonight are two of my fellow Tokusatsu enthusiasts. So, why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight?
0: Hi, I'm Ziff Zoolander, ZZ for short. I fight the corpse, I'm the bots master. <laughs>
2: This is Tony, and stop punching me in the fucking head.
1: (laughs) Uh, Allow me to make it slow-mo so you can see every fucking punch, and we can be here for another fucking hour. All right. Anyway... (laughs) So this episode is, and let me preface this, like this episode we're going to be talking about the film Kakaida Reboot. And the reason why we're going into this is because Tony and I on the last episode of Toku Thursdays, we discussed the guest spot episode with the android Kakaida. And basically coming out of that episode, that that was kind of a promotional tie-in on television for this film that we're about to discuss. And it, it all sort of spiraled out of other tokusatsu films and events and everything kind of like a marvel movie you know like luke jackanetti and i talked about superhero wars z and at the end of that there's that little cameo sequence where they sort of revealed there are other heroes in the world such as Kakita. and basically what developed out of that little end piece is this film Kakaida reboot basically it's a feature film that came out in may 2014 it's written by a gentleman named kento Shimoyama who may account for why I feel the way I do about the piece or may not I mean apparently all I can get from IMDB and you know it's not always the most reliable when it comes to Japanese projects it's it seems to be difficult for me to search reliable information but according to imdb he wrote a lot of super sentai but it seems like he wrote patches of like episodes like so who knows maybe i was like thinking like well he wrote some kaijer and i like gokaiger but i'm like maybe he wrote like the five shitty episodes of gokaiger do you know what i mean because it's like he wrote a number of episodes and it seems like the episodes <laughs> he wrote the most were the ninja series which i think is the most current Super Sentai that's airing at the moment and I know I've only seen like a few episodes and I'm not you know I'm not really clear on if Super Sentai fandom is really heavy into it or if they just are kind of like feeling the downers like a lot of fandoms are you know related to you know various properties or whatever.
2: It seems like right now that both Ghost and Ninja are not really clicking with the western
1: audience. I don't know about Japan but that that's kind of what i what i heard do you know what i mean like i can't really speak for myself other than i watched an episode of ghost and wasn't feeling it and i know i probably watched like an episode or two of the ninja and and wasn't feeling it too much so just based on that i was like well maybe this accounts for why i don't care so much for the screenplay we're about to discuss tonight. But I I guess what I'll do is give you guys, the listeners, uh, a high-level overview of the film, and then I've got a bunch of bullet points and notes and everything that we can go through together. And, of course, I think this is the first time that both Mike or Tony have seen this film, so hopefully maybe the guys can either rein me back or, you know, kind of provide an alternate, you know, perspective on, you know, some of the, the takes I had or, or problems I found with the film. And then the the other thing I sort of wanted to preface before we go into the synopsis is, I, I hope it's clear, like, I, I think it's clear that I'm a pretty huge fan of Kakaida, so... I hope nobody takes anything, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm going to rant and rave about some stuff in this, so I hope nobody takes it the wrong way, like that I don't like the character anymore or anything like that. It's not the case. I mean, I've done the, the several shows with Justin on the original series. I know most people see my enthusiasm for the character in that, and I'm sure in the last episode when Tony and I talked about this reboot version within the context of the Gaim universe, like... We were both really enthusiastic about that episode as well, so it doesn't necessarily reflect on the character, but maybe just the way the the reboot was was handled in this particular case for me personally. So just you know wanted to preface that and say you know I don't have any you know feel bads or anything like that, but th- this movie just wasn't my cup of tea.
2: I, I have no intention of holding you back either. So okay. you, you can okay. rant well, on. So. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, it,
1: it's just it, it's just kind of like one of those, you know, it's like it's not a spoiler warning, but it's like a, a kind of like a, a rant and rave fan hole, you know, warning or whatever cuz this is this is probably what what the context of a lot of this th- this is not going to be a positive episode for me. I mean, I I think I tried to rewatch this with the goal to try and find things that I did think were positive. And to be perfectly honest, like, it's kind of far and few between. But but I will try to focus on that as well.
2: I mean, Let me just put it this way. I, I've heard your thoughts about this, like, because we've had I am conversations over, like, a couple of months, you know, and whenever we bring up Kakaida, you know, like, let's just put it this way, folks. You think Derek hated Iron Man 3? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's just, I, I guess, before we get into the high-level overview, I mean, I was genuinely really, really excited about this movie. Like, I was kind of like, wait, they're making, like, a modern, like, reboot of Kakaida, and it's going to have, you know special effects from 2014, you know, I mean, at the time, it was, I don't know, when we first heard about it, it was like 2012, when that superhero Tyson Z movie came out, or whatever, and it was, it was something I was genuinely looking forward to, and then, to be perfectly honest, like, in the context of the way we recorded the shows, the the first time I saw Reboot Jiro was in that episode of Gaim, I, I, you know, I think me and Tony had recorded an episode or two, of this podcast dealing with Gaim, and then I jumped all the way ahead to episode 30, figuring, ah, I'll keep up with it. I want to see what happens with Jiro and and Kikaida, and that got me super excited. I genuinely love that episode of Gaim. I think it's a great team up, like we mentioned before, so I was, you know, 100% behind this film, and all I could read online were people on various tokusatsu boards that were kind of like, uh well we just saw it in Japan and um well uh yeah and I didn't get it cuz I was thinking th- th- these guys must be overreacting like this has to be cool and well we'll we'll, we'll talk about it but here goes the high level synopsis <laughs> for for everybody just so they know kind of what they're getting into if you haven't seen Kikada reboot and and just so you know you can obtain this film from generation kakaida in hawaii and and the president of generation kakaida and the original kakaida himself daisuke ban i met both of them in san jose and of course they were very very nice to me so if you if you do want to check this out for yourself i highly recommend Going through them, they're, you know, obviously operating out of Hawaii, and that's where Kakaida was really popular back in the day and aired on TV. And, of course, you can buy the original series, Kakaida 01, and even Common Rider V3 directly through their outlet, and that's where I got the film from. So just recommending that before we get into the nitty-gritty on it.
2: Or you could be a dumbass, you could be a dumbass like me, and watch the Raw because the first full-length video that you find on a search. <laughs>
1: That's okay, Tony. You're a true fan. You watch the Raw. Oh. (laughs) All right. I feel stupid. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Yes. (laughs) Here we go. Dr. Nohubiko Komoji is the head of the ARC Project, an engineering mandate to create androids in order to peacefully help the public and bring peace to mankind. Two prototypes are constructed. One by Dr. Kamoji is named Jiro, also known as the android Kikaida, who is built with an experimental conscience circuit. Another is built by Professor Gilbert Kanzaki, known as Mari, an android built purely for combat. However, when Kamoji mysteriously dies during an experiment, his rival Kanzaki takes over the project, now renamed Dark, one year later. With the blessing of the Minister of Defense, Tani, the two begin to use the project for their own personal benefits rather than continue Kamoji's original objective. Now Kamoji's children, Mitsuko and Masaru, are targets of Japan's defense minister. Kamoji's final wish is that Jiro carry on his objectives in programming, and to that end, Kikaida has appeared to protect his creator's children who hold the key to completing their father's research. Kikaida must face off against Marie and the Dark Project's ultimate achievement, Akaida, a terrible combat android with the brain of Professor Gill surgically implanted inside. So that's kind of like the high-level overview of the film Kikaida reboot. Basically, you're dealing with Jiro protecting the children of his creator and his combat and and action sequences between the villainous agents of dark so i i guess before we get into the the nitty-gritty of everything i i, I just kind of want to open it you know before i go into all my little bullet points on you know what what happens you know blow by blow in the movie and everything like that the stuff that i noticed the stuff that i was sort of either affected by or rubbed the wrong way by. I'm just kind of curious like what your guys' initial impressions of the film were. Like what what did you take away from it? And Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Did you just think it was kind of okay?
2: I, I, I guess I would say as far as I go since I've become a big fan of Tokusatsu, especially *The Common Rider it was completely serviceable when I watched it. I was not really excited. There were some cool fight scenes. I really do like the updated look of Hakaida. I think it's a really good suit. I think it's a really good look. I like Hakaida, too. Hakaider. And there were some really good fight scenes. There's some actually pretty good CGI, but it is a movie, so you would kind of expect that. One thing I mentioned to you is one of the subplots is how Jiro interacts with, you know... Masaru, and it kind of kind of gave me a T two vibe. I kept getting like you know, Hasta la vista flashbacks because he's like, "You're <laughs> so cool," but he's like, you know, it's like, "Yes, I am." You know, I am a robot. I, I, I rock, and like, it, it 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 was. Would I say it's a movie you should watch if you're a Toku fan? Yes, I would say you should probably watch it just to kind of enjoy because you like like Derek. You probably are a Kakaida fan, but if you're not like, you know, a huge live action, you know, guys in, you know, suit thing, you might be underwhelmed. And I, I, I guess, I guess the best way to say it is like, as a whole, after I watched it, I was like, that was a movie, but there was, there was some good stuff in it. And like, yeah, we'll definitely delve deeper into it. But I guess the overview was like, it looked cool. It looked really shiny. It looked like, you know, very well done as far as like, they put a lot of money into it. And they like tried to tried to really reboot it, you know. They really tried to go to the nine to make it look cool, but looking cool and being a good movie is two different things. And there was there was definitely like I'm sure you'll bring it up some spots where like I I felt a lull and I was getting bored, or there was stuff that I was just like, well, that's that's just I don't know what that is. That's not entertaining. I'm not enjoying that part. So yeah, uh, as 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 an over... It's, it's average. I would say it's average.
1: Yeah, before before I go into anything, I'm just curious, the, the same sort of question applies to Mike, like his kind of overview or thoughts on, you know, what his initial reaction to this film was. And may, maybe you should talk a little bit about what your familiarity with Kikaida is, since I think it, it, this is like Mike's, is this Mike's first time on Toku Thursdays? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so. I mean, it might just be worth going into, like, maybe what your familiarity with Tokusatsu is, and if there's anything maybe you particularly like. And I, I if my understanding is correct, like, I'm pretty sure you've seen the Kakaida anime, or at least some of it.
0: Yes, right? uh, I've, I've seen both OBAs, or, okay. you know, like the 13 episode one, and the, right. I think there's, like, a second, like, shorter one. But right. I've okay. seen all that. And, you know, I, I'm pretty familiar with the, you know, the, the mythology of Kikider in right. general, yeah, basically, and, you know, I, I do listen to you guys when you do, like, Kikider episodes on Toku Thursday, so that kind of, like, you know, I never have any trouble following, you know, along. Okay. As for this movie, I, I echo what Tony said about, like, getting a, like, T2 vibe, like, with, you know, Jero and the kid. I, I also weirdly got, like, a Hellboy vibe, because, like, I kind of felt like that reporter guy was, like, the new character they created oh, for the first okay. Hellboy movie, okay. where he was, like, you know, the normal oh, yeah. guy who, like, to, to like, ease into the world and be, like, you know, that girl should be with this guy, like, yeah, but I'm here
1: to, like, get in the way, or, like, slightly <laughs> help also, yeah, but, like, I don't yeah, know it's like, funny yeah. I, I I wouldn't have thought of it that way but when you when you explain it that way it makes perfect sense yeah. like I, I'm here to both get in the way and help them along
0: like somehow <laughs> like, but and be comical all I, I I'm Robert <laughs> Wolland that
2: day. check me out
0: <laughs> yeah but I don't know like I, I, I pretty much agree with Tony I mean it was okay I mean there were, there were parts that I laughed at. I, I thought the fight choreography was pretty good. I mean, it, it, like, the actual fights, how they, like, were directed and how they went on, like, is a different thing. But I thought, like, all the fights, like, when when they hit each other, like, I felt like it felt, like, impactful. And, like, you know, like, it was metal hitting metal oh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah and, I, like, I thought that was really well done. However, I watching the first, like, 10, 15 minutes of the movie... And like seeing him fight that first robot on the roof, like I hadn't remembered when you said this came out. So I was like, Huh, I wonder you know, judging by the CGI, I mean it must have been like ten years ago or something. But no, it was like last year. So yeah. it was <laughs> yeah. kind of like, Wow, holy crap. So, yeah, yeah I, mean, I was not impressed by, like, the CGI elements in this movie, but... Yeah. I mean, uh, the rest of it, yeah, like, uh, I, when you go point by point, I'll probably have more comments. Right. But I, I'll, I'll stick with Tony's, like, it, it was, like, serviceable at best.
1: Okay. Now, I, I think what I'll try to do here is, before I go into the point by point, so people don't, you know, hate me forevers, I, I will try to go into some things that I think are positives. So, as far as this film goes... I agree with what Tony said about the Kakkaida and Hakaida costumes. I thought they were good costumes they're they're nice updates, but they also reflect the original essence of the you know the original costumes whether they come from you know the the manga or you know related to the original tokusatsu series I I, you know I thought obviously they're improvements you know and they they look a little more solid I think than some of the the flimsier outfits from the tokusatsu series because you know that was of course on a budget and back in the 70s and everything but I, I I thought it still had the same it still had the same flavor. So to me, that that was a positive, the, the costumes for Hakaida and Kikaida. I, I would say that I, I don't really have any problems with any of the casting. Like, I think the casting was well done. Like, as Tony and I discussed, we really like the fellow who plays Jiro. Like, he does a good job of acting like a robot, you know, which, which can be difficult for an actor, especially actors that have like maybe big egos where they want to emote and, and do all this kind of, you know, you know, sort of Academy Award winning performing and all this kind of stuff, yeah. you know, same way, you know, characters, you know, in, in films, a lot of times would be masked, but it's like every five minutes, they have to take their mask off. Cause it's like, you, you know, there, there's that thing you got to connect with the person and see their eyes and their face and all this kind of stuff. And I just thought that, you know, Him as an actor, he did a really good job selling the the idea that this was a guy who was artificial and he's learning what it means to be human, but he doesn't always completely understand what that means. So in that aspect, I I think the cast was well, you know, basically like I, I, I think they were all cast well. I don't see any problems with that.
2: I will say that like Jiro is pantomiming. Like uh, as far as being robotic and stiff movements, that that was really nice. He seemed like he was robotic. So, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was, that was cool. I,
1: I, I think I agree with what Mike and, and yourself have both said about the, the fight choreography. When we got fights, the choreography was well done. Now, that doesn't account for the pace of how those scenes were handled. But as far as the choreography itself, yes, I thought the choreography was well done. I thought the the way they used the you know sound direction to to emphasize that you know metal hitting metal like things like that. I thought those were were good. You know me, I I, I love women, and of course you know you, you've got Mary June Takahashi who you guys may remember, I think I brought this up when we discussed it, but she was Shishio's babe in the Rurouni Kenshin movie. So that's who that was. Yeah,
2: she's, she's very attractive. Yeah, she's yeah, very yeah attractive. I remember
1: I she's that. She's yeah. yeah, and she's, I mean, you know, she, I, I don't even know if she's really an actress first. I mean, a lot of the things I read describing her role in the film, they often describe her as a model you know, first, like, so, so who knows, like, maybe it's like, you know, the, the tantamount to casting Cindy Crawford in a movie, you know, I don't know, but I, I thought she did a good job.
2: I want to have a Derek moment here. There's this one scene where she like is, I won't spoil it because we're going to spoil it anyway, but there's one scene where she's like, you know, kind of reeling from an, uh, like an explosion and stuff. And, Just just to be like Derek for just a minute, you know, dad ass, though, she has has a nice butt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You you know what I liked about her the most? I know this is going to sound funny. We're just being all, uh, you know, chauvinistic and describing body parts and stuff like that. But and and I think she did a good job portraying a robot as well, just like the actor who plays Jiro. So it's not to take away from that. But, man, she's got fantastic lips. Like I don't know what it is, but it's yeah. just like it's sitting there going like, like when they say like, "Oh, she's a model," I'm like, "No shit, she's a model. Like she's fucking gorgeous." But anyway, like that's so so. Those things are all like positive things. Well, that that, that is that is kind of a, a
2: thing that a lot of old school common writer fans, especially not so much on the Sentai, because Sentai has always been very young people. But one of the things that a lot of common writer fans have been kind of bitching about, especially Western ones. I don't think so much the the Japanese, the home country uh, version. They 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 really kind of take that Doctor Who thing of like well, why is why is this coming out? he got to be young and hot, you know. Like why is always going to be like a handsome, you know, kind of emo, like blonde haired or you know spiky haired, like you know cute Japanese guy. And I'm like, the, who the fuck cares as long as he's, like he's a good actor, you know? It's like yeah, Jiro the the actor is a very handsome guy. He's a good actor too. So like yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't understand that hey, hate. that seems so weird to me. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just sort of wanted to get the the things that I thought were positives off my chest first. So so now I'm going to go into uh, a blow-by-blow and maybe explain something that I wasn't 100% sure about until I started taking notes for this, but my understanding of the placement, because y- you might think, well... You know, maybe that Gaim episode takes place after this movie, because this movie is a reboot, and it seems to deal with the origins, quote-unquote, of the android Kikaida. But what my understanding is, within the first three minutes of the film, they sort of set up the conflict between Dr. Kamoji and Gil Kanzaki, basically, like Professor Gil, essentially but you know gilbert Kanzaki you know it's like his his rival scientist and everything and and you know professor gill is all about applying military applications to the androids, we see Mari and Jiro fighting together and everything, and of course, Dr. Kamoji comes in as like, why, why are these, why are you making them fight, they weren't designed to fight, like, you know, the, the, the idea being, Kamoji's kind of like saying, look, you know, they can help in disasters, if if things are irradiated, or you can send a robot in and they won't be you know killed by the radiation you can you know have robots treat people who have infectious disease and they won't catch it you know like he's thinking of all these positive applications whereas you know in the case of of professor gill it's all about making them combat ready and and having them fight and what their fighting capabilities are and that's the only thing that he really sees as far as that goes
2: yeah as far as as like like kakaida goes even though it came first for like younger fans, I mean, sorry, this sounds really simplistic because it's a video game. But think Doctor Wily and Doctor Light. It really is kind of that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I could see that. That's a a decent comparison. So so I yeah. uh, just getting into it. Like we're not even three minutes into it, and and the reason why I went into that is uh, we're not even to the opening credits yet. We're, they haven't even flashed like this is Kakita reboot on the screen, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the, the first line that Kamoji says, or one of the first lines Kamoji says to Gill, who... I'm a fan. He's the fucking bad guy, right? So the first thing he says to the bad guy, to Professor Gill on combat testing androids is, you're not in America anymore, buddy. And I'm just kind of like, oh, it's going to be one of these fucking movies where everybody in America is a fucking warmongering asshole. And I'm just kind of like... It just broke my fucking heart because, like, something like that. Like, I I know I've talked about films in the past where people make little offhanded comments, whether it's in Gundam or whatever. But one of the reasons why I usually enjoy watching Japanese tokusatsu is it's usually even even the common writer stuff that might be skewed a little more teen or adult. It's it's if there is anything political in it. I'm not smart enough to know the political socio-machinations of Japan, so it never really rubs me the wrong way. I can just kind of watch something and enjoy it, and it's fun, and there's no agendas or anything behind it. And in this, I just knew right off the bat, this is going to be, you know, combat and warmongering is bad, and that equals America. And, And it just was one of those things where I was like, fuck, like, I... I, you know, I don't know, it just, you know, kind of hit me in the gut and was like, oh, well, this is going to bug me for the rest of the fucking film. And and it's not like it's just a one-off line, too. I mean, it's the whole through line of the film, basically. And what kind of is hilarious to me is the way Kakaida eventually resolves the film is to give up his conscience circuit. So it's almost like the screenwriter believes these things, but then the only way to resolve the problem is to have him throw away every sanctimonious bullcrappy thing he's writing down on paper. Do you know what I mean? So it's, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things that like drives me fucking nuts. And, and we haven't even gotten to the, the, you know, this is Kakaida reboot and the, the, the credits and all that kind of stuff. And, and I guess, you know, basically once you get to that point, I think the idea is it immediately cuts to the funeral with the kids and there's the black umbrellas and they're all dressed in black and you're at the, you know, the Kamoji family plaque or, or family, what do they call it, like gravesite, you know, gravestone or whatever. And yeah. the, the burial plot, yeah, yeah. The, the burial plot. And, and, and the, the, the with all the dialogue that's going on in the background, all the whispers, we, we know it's been a year since Kamoji basically it's been a year since that scene. So the, the I think the idea is Jira went missing from the the arc facility before it becomes the dark facility and, and he was gone and in, in between that year somehow that's where Komoji mysteriously died. So in between that year, supposedly that's where he ran off to Zawame and met Guy. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you know what I mean? Like that G- yeah, yeah.
0: That,
2: that's yeah, basically I mean, yeah, yeah. That's the only way it can fit, bro.
1: Really. Yeah. That, that's the only if you want to make it fit. That's the only place it could fit without it driving you fucking nuts, you know, DBZ movie style. So I'm just throwing that in there for anybody who's wondering about continuity or, or how that works or whatever. Yeah. And
2: yeah, and it's just, it's just for like a, like a quick recap. In in the, in the guy episode, Jiro appears in Zawami, He doesn't know who he is, and by the end of the episode, he realizes he is Kikai, and He comes back to his senses. And since he is kind of in this movie, that's the only way you can actually make the continuity really make any kind of uh, yeah, linear yeah. sense. So
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like he wouldn't remember, you know, Gaim because he was rebooted, but yet he remembers his original programming, you know, which, you know, would always be there after the reboot, I guess, so... Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, and and in the funeral with the kids and everything, even that there are already whispers about Mitsuko, the daughter, going abroad to study in America. And again, it, it also hits home the idea that you know, of course, her father was critical of America in the first three minutes of the movie. His daughter's going to America to study, but see, that's her 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 arc in this film is. She's gonna abandon her brother. I don't know. He's gonna live in a dormitory or some shit. Like that's the only thing I can get out of it. I don't know who the fuck's gonna take care of him. But <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna live in a dormitory or some shit and and still stay in Japan. And she's gonna go off to America to study at university for four years and everything.
2: Yeah, and, and that's like that's like even like like one of the first like scenes is like she comes home and the first time we meet her brother, you know Masaru, you know he he's kind of cold to her. He's like you know like. Playing a tablet game, and she's like, you know, like at least he's like, you yeah, know, whatever, fuck off. I'm going to my room well, yeah, like, they, yeah, they
1: they they have a very strained relationship. I mean, their their dad's dead. They're not getting along, and and the only thing she can think to do is to quote unquote run away to America to study. And again, there's that underlining notion that doing that is obviously the wrong thing to do. And by the end of the film you know, not, you know, you're just going to spoil the whole through line is by the end of the film, her whole through line is to reject doing that. So I think, again, when all the, the heroic characters or the protagonists in the piece, if their through line is fuck America and reject it, like that's going to rub me the wrong way. So so again, it's hard for me to, you know, as an American to be like, oh, OK, yeah, right fuck america you know like because you know that, that that place is a bunch of warmongering assholes like why would you want to study there so i i can't get behind that and i i think it's sad because i you know like i said again my goal was to fall in love with this movie to be like oh it's the modern reincarnation of kakaida one of my favorite japanese tokusatsu i want to you know fall in love with this and watch it again and again and again and you know already i'm into it and i i can't you know, I'm, I'm already put off by that, you know, and it, and it just doesn't go away. I mean, th- it's always there in the background. You
0: know what I kept asking myself and it happens like multiple times in the movies. I was like, wait, if she's going o- abroad to study, like who's watching this kid? Like, and then like later in the movie, they leave him like on a city yeah. street, like alone. Like I'm like, holy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that was my, that was my favorite. It's like, it's like, we got to go save Jiro. And then it's like, uh, the little brother's like, here, take this fucking helmet. Don't don't crack your skull when you ride on a motorcycle. And then he's just sitting there holding her purse in the middle of the fucking city <laughs> at like probably eleven o'clock at night. And you're just like, what, what where, what, huh? yeah he's like eight nine years old at the most
0: i don't think he's like double digits yet and they and like they i think Mitsko actually says at one point like like you're gonna have to like get along without me and i'm like wait so is is this kid gonna live alone in that apartment
1: or something when she's studying abroad like
2: i mean never really
1: addressed no it's not and and it's I, i i feel like that's something that I, I mean, I this is not a judgment. Like, I, I don't, you know, I'm not judging the culture as a whole. But, I mean, I, I feel like I always see things, if not outright that, you know, if not that outright, like, similar. Like, the idea that, you know, I, I've brought it up on other shows where, you know, I see it in Digimon. I see it in, you know, other tokusatsu that we watch where there are these parents that work 24-7. And, and the idea that, like, these little kids just... You know, they they take themselves to school, they take themselves home, they go to the refrigerator, they see a little note in kanji that says, you know, there's some cucumbers and fucking carrots in the fridge, like, you know, and, and they never see their parent for, you know, I don't know, six... Days yeah. a week a month I you know I don't I don't fucking know but... you, you,
2: you, you 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 like wonder if like Japan is just full of latchkey kids you know <laughs> like... well
1: it, it, I mean it, it's either the fact that they're all independent and they can take care of themselves or you know that that you know there there's some non consideration going on in in that arena whereas you know for for other folks that you know they they would be a little more hands on maybe or or want to play a, a larger role in their their children's i mean even even you know dr kamoji i mean when they go into the flashbacks i mean he's supposed to be altruistic let's say i don't want to call him heroic but he's supposed to have altruism in his designs you know he he wants these to help sick people the the androids he wants them to to help people he he wants
2: to protect humanity you know?
1: yeah protect humanity people that have been afflicted by disasters and 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 things like that so so he's very altruistic but yet he puts a computer chip in his fucking kid. <laughs> if this won't hurt. <laughs> Click. <laughs> yeah. he gives his daughter a little robot as a Christmas present, but it's really she's just a test subject. Like she's there to help further his work. Even even Mitsuko says to Jiro at some point, you know. Our father worked all the time. He really didn't spend much time with us. It seemed like he loved his work more than he loved us.
2: Yeah, his work is very noble, but, like, there's a point where it's like, oh, you're doing good things for humanity, but what about your kids, dude? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, there, there, there seems to be that notion that that's always bugged me in things I've watched, where it's like, you know, the guy in Battle Fever J who goes downstairs with, uh, you know, strapped with dynamite to blow up the bad guy's base. And I'm kind of like, you know, you'd probably be better off, like, I don't know, putting the dynamite on the elevator, pushing the down button, and then go raising your two fucking kids, like, instead of feeling bad about turning over secret plans and blowing yourself up because you've got some mental shame hang-up or whatever it is, you know? Like,
2: yeah, do, do you need to be a walking bomb, really? Is that what you need yeah, to do? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I think you need to be a fucking father, you know? Like, that, that, that kind of yeah. stuff. Going back to what Mike was saying about the the character the the i guess as we're calling him the hellboy character so you, and being familiar with the anime may, maybe you know you just didn't notice the name or whatever obviously the visuals are not nearly the same as the original character but that character instead of being a crack ace detective that is hatori hanpei and Hattori Hanpei is the guy in the anime who kind of has, like, a gruff voice, and he's got, like, the Sherlock Holmes hat, and he basically oh, is wow. usually, he's usually the yeah. crack ace detective. Now, in this interpretation, he's kind of like this grungy reporter who's investigating the death of Mitsuko's father. They they make a lot of jokes at his expense, you know, that he's, you know, one of his friends calls him a that always makes me laugh. He's another positive by the way. We'll get into him a little later, but they they call him like a failed novelist or a phony novelist or something like that which usually makes me laugh but you know the idea is he's supposed to be again the stuff we always yuck it up about he's a web journalist which is essentially what we laugh about on the Flash TV series where Iris is a blogger a news blogger or whatever or you know how Piper in the Scream TV series is doing a crime podcast and we're like somebody pays you for that shit you know and at least this is realistic enough to say nobody pays him for being a web reporter he makes makes money writing these romance novels on the web or something like that. And that I could actually sort of buy. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. that in Japan maybe, you know, people get into these, you know, kinky romance novels or whatever it is that Hatori Hanpei writes. And that's what meagerly pays his bills you know
2: there, there's probably a deleted scene where like he comes up to uh, Giro and he's like dude i just read about you on my blog i'm gonna call you kick harder and he's like no it's Kakaida. kick harder yeah <laughs> no i'm just kidding
1: yeah so i mean i i that i guess i would just bring that back to you mike just for a second and and just be like did you realize that was even the same character no right so so i mean i don't blame you i i didn't either i watched the anime too i didn't know it either he he doesn't have the same profession. He doesn't... I mean, he's not... I mean, he he essentially is that quote-unquote Hellboy character no matter what profession he has. Do you know what I mean? Hattori Hanpei was a little shady, you know, at least on the, the television series. Yeah, you know, I kind of called him like the, the, I guess, Johnny Depp in the Pirates of the Caribbean type character where the actor in that seemed to be a very well-renowned or at least... You know, a, a very experienced actor, but he was playing up all the comedy. You know, he was almost like a Charlie Chaplin type. You know, where he was always getting into. Yeah, he's the bumbling. Yeah, and 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 that's not necessarily true of the character in the anime either. He's a little more gruff, but I mean, it, it, this this character is more like again an investigative reporter. And, and, you know, just jumping ahead and, and kind of tying it into all the, you know, America's crap type stuff is w- what I found interesting is later when they, they finally, Mitsuko and Masaru basically, I, I don't want to skip all over the place, but I just want to bring this up while it's in my brain is when Mitsuko and Masaru finally hide out at Hatori Hanpei's apartment after they get attacked. And we're, we'll go into the attack in a second, but you can see one of his idols basically i mean it's a little detail but it's there and like i said the anti-american stuff is always there is you can see a poster of all the president's men in the background and it's almost that subtle notion to me i mean this is my take on it is they've already like i said they've already had professor komoji kind of poo-poo you know, America's a bunch of warmongers. They, they've they got the girl going to America to study abroad, but she's eventually going to reject it. And now you've got this guy who who makes more money writing web novels than reporting. So basically, it's almost like America's steering this poor guy in the wrong direction. He's He's sitting there in a cheap apartment filled with a bunch of junk. And he's got to eat, like, ramen noodles or whatever to live off of, because he looks kind of grungy. I mean, it's not like he's living in squalor, but it's not like he's, you know, living in a high-end apartment either. I mean, he's kind of just packed in there, and and he's getting by, basically. And, of course, what I took the the All the President's Men poster to be is he, he doesn't even idolize the real fucking reporters, He doesn't, I mean, no matter what you feel about Watergate and Nixon, and you can tell that that ties into that already, there's already that underlining political nonsense that I don't want to know about when I'm watching something that's supposed to entertain me. No matter what your thoughts are about it, whatever your feelings are, you hate Nixon, you love Nixon, doesn't matter. It's it's in my mind now, because I've seen that poster, and I've seen fucking Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman in the fucking background, and all their backstory and all that stuff is, like, stuck in my head, and then on top of that, I'm like, they're not even the real fucking reporters, man, you know, like, so it's like, it's weird, it's like, he doesn't even idolize the actual guys who reported on the Watergate scandal. Yeah,
2: Woodward and Bernstein, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's like, it's like why not have, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, it's it, it just, that cracks me up. I mean, if Woodward and Bernstein are your heroes, but, you've, it, but it, it's kind of like saying, like, I, I don't know how to explain it, it's kind of like saying, like, Bruce Lee is my hero, but instead of having a poster of Bruce Lee, you've got a poster of what's-his-face that was in the Bruce Lee story, who I can't even think of his name right now. Jason Lee I think. Yeah, something like that. So I'm just kind of like and and how ridiculous is that? But anyway, I know I'm going all over the place with that, but basically, you know, kind of going back into the whole Matsuko comes home and she's got issues with this little brother and we don't know who the fuck is going to raise this guy when she runs off to America and stuff like that. Basically, 10 minutes into the movie, these black ops assassins bust into their Shinigawa apartment. They crash through the windows.
2: You know what I when I saw that, Derek? I thought, (laughs) Cobra. (laughs)
1: I mean, you know, it's like it's like one of those things where he's trying to, Hattori is trying to, you know, talk to her through this, you know, one of these video, you know, prompts, you know, on the, the apartment door or whatever, and then all of a sudden you hear the crash through the window, all these Black Ops guys come in, they, they take Masaru, they take Mitsuko, and then all of a sudden they get sent up to a rooftop. Now, going back to what Mike says, this is a green screen rooftop. It... Doesn't look very good. Like, hey, you know what you really
2: pissed me off about that rooftop? And this is just me being, I don't know, a building connoisseur, I guess. I don't know what to fucking talk about. But, I, railings? Nothing? There's nothing, there's no such thing as a flat building with no railings, no guardrails, no nothing. It's a
1: completely flat surface. The, the other thing that I wondered about was, like, it's basically a, the, the top of that building, which I assume is the same building, which I assume is where they're living, this, you know, high-rise apartment complex, which by the way is much nicer than where Hattori Hanpei lives. So you know, like, obviously Professor Kamoji was at least well off enough, you know, working for the yeah, government. It, it, that is... It was definitely a
2: luxury apartment. It's a luxury apartment.
1: It has more than one room. It, enough rooms that that Mitsuko did not hear the windows crashing when they first crashed through to get Masaru. Like, she's like, what? And she pulls the door open, and it's like, oh my god, somebody's in here? I'm like, you didn't hear that shit? Like, what the fuck's the matter with you? It's like, no wonder no wonder Masaru's pissed off at her. She's got her head in the clouds, she's going to America. God, what a horrible, horrible girl this is. But anyway, uh, and that's sarcasm, by the way, because I don't really believe that. But anyway, it's, it's a helipad, the top of the fucking roof. Like what? I know it's a yeah. luxury apartment, but what? It, what everybody in there's gotta like get to work in a <laughs> helicopter or some shit. It's not like it's like the Daily Planet where they've got like a, you know, a weather chopper or a news copter or something like that going on. It's like, what, who the fuck? What? What? Why is there a helipad there? I have no idea. Yeah, with like with well,
2: like all the markings too. It's not just like oh, this is kind of a helipad. It's like got the markings, got the H, got the lights
1: and everything. Yeah, it, it you know it's like. You know, it's like, oh, this will be a nice location for a fight or whatever. And, you know, going back to some of the things that I thought were positive, I mean, at least when Jiro's when first introduced, like, he's kicking a lot of blacks off ass. You know what I mean? Like, he's beating these guys left and right. And, you know, when they did it once it's fine, like, he comes on, he punches a couple guys, and then, you know, they do this thing where they do, like, a slow-mo, and maybe he he clotheslines a guy, or throws a guy in the air, or kicks a guy, or something like that, and you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool, because that is maybe through the eyes of Mitsuku and Masaru when they first see this, so it's like, oh, I get it, you know, their heart's racing, time's slowing down, they think they're about to be shot, because basically these guys... Are about to execute them like firing squad style, and that's when Jiro shows up and yeah. starts beating the hell out of all of them and stuff like that. And you know, there's some cool scenes where he he basically shields them and his body's bulletproof, and you can see like his clothes are just holograms and stuff like that. And I thought, oh, that's that's kind of a cool explanation. Like he doesn't really wear clothes, you know. It's like it's just a you know his human form is is kind of a hologram image or whatever like that.
2: Yeah, it's just a facade. Yeah, yeah.
1: I did think, and this is the the first instance where I noticed it, and I'll go into it in more detail, especially as it relates to Mari, or Mari, or Marie, depending on on what version (laughs) you you go with, but I kind of thought when he finally switches on for the first time, like... Okay, in most tokusatsu, it's usually, like, this huge fucking epic thing, you know, where there, it's a whole scene and they reuse it, like, you know, 50 times throughout every, you know, every episode it's on and everything like that. And this was, like, very low-key, almost like, I, uh, you know, it's funny, I want to bring up costume shame, but it's not costume shame, but it's kind of like that kind of, you know, oh... You know, we can't have He-Man get up there and go, By the power of Greyskull, I have the power! Because everybody, like, makes fun of it now or something. So it's like, then it'd be like somebody getting up there and being like, By the power of Greyskull, I have the power. You know, and you're just kind of like, "All right, I guess if you think that's cooler. But to me, it just seems like they're kind of embarrassed. Do you know what I mean? It would be like if Kamen Rider didn't say Henshin. Well, it, he says henshin, but see, the, it, there's the difference between... Well, yeah, he,
2: does, he doesn't whip around, put the belt on, and, like, you know, henshin. He, he, he yeah, does, yeah. this,
1: you know, whatever his, his motion is, he screams it to the sky, you know, it's like a big deal, as opposed to somebody just kind of going, henshin. And that's all they say.
0: It, it 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 seemed it seemed almost like if the Power Rangers like all just kind of stood in a line and said, "Prepare for transmorphification fromogrification, or something," and then like their suits just kind of like fell on them instead of yeah, you know. Yeah, it's I mean,
1: or Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like there's pros and cons of both of it, but to me, it, it felt like there was that 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 air of oh, we're kind of embarrassed by the loud, brash announcement of the change so we're going to totally downplay it but
2: when you watch like tokusatsu like you you want that though when you watch tokusatsu you want that big change yeah it's like you know you could get away with it in some other media but like with sentai and kamen rider you know you like that big moment where it's like you know like you know like, i mean not to reference it but you know like you know you know, energy arms, orange, you know, soda, all that stuff. You like that stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah. You you enjoy that. You look forward to it. I mean, that that's part of the enjoyment in that. The the and and, and in some ways, it's kind of like you know that childlike anticipation. It's like it's not it's not an adult thing really. And 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 I think that's part of why, you know, maybe I I get the vibe that they were kind of a little embarrassed by it, so they they tried to downplay it.
2: Kind of like Superman changing the phone booth. It's like. Yeah, it's kind of lame, but still, when you watch the Donner films and Clark Kent goes to the phone booth and turns to turns the
1: Superman, you're like,
0: you know, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, that yeah, you you kind of have to get giddy about it and and be on board with it, I think. And you know, uh, you know, again, there's more, you know, this kind of crappy CGI that that Mike's talking about, and I, I'm imagining this is directly what Mike is referring to because. You know, there is a you know the fight sequences between Kakita and the Black Ops team I think were well done. They're they're with real people. He's in a real suit. I I thought they were choreographed well. And and this is gonna bring up something that I may get into later on when we start talking about the Conscience Circuit. But you got the vibe that Jiro as Kakita was extremely powerful, but because he was fighting human beings. He was not going to kill them. He expertly stops them using all kinds of fighting skills, and he doesn't, like, break their bones or or snap their, you know, limbs, and they're not bleeding out or whatever like that. It's like he just, he basically disables them in in a non-lethal way and, and destroys their weapons, and basically when that black ops team sees he's bulletproof, He's basically disarmed them all, and he's kicked all their asses twice over. And then he says to them, like, a line where he's basically like, I'm done fighting with humans. And I don't know how well that was translated, but, my, you know, my take on it is, not only is he done fighting humans, like, it it, 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 me- it meant that he won't hurt humans, but also, I'm not gonna fuck around with you anymore. Like, I can kick your ass all day long, you better go away, cause this could get worse for you. Do you know what I mean? And they all get afraid and they run the fuck away.
2: Yeah, to, yeah. To their credit, they're like, "Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here."
1: <laughs> you know, they they kind of get the they get the hint and they run the hell away. And then they drop this spider dog robot, fucking quadruped <laughs> robot with two large scorpion pincers on the top of the Wild, wild West motherfuckers. <laughs> And, you know, I, I I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but, you know, I mean, it's very much like the, the climax of the Tiger and Bunny film we covered, you know, it's very video game bossy, you know, this, this kind of notion of like, oh, I'm a CGI thing, and... You know, it's like he, he he's he's not really beating him up very well at first, and then he gets a second wind and he grabs the arm yes. and you know he he, he rips uh, it off. That's and, at the weak point, for maximum and then damage. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, oh look, the 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 little spider limb, dog limbs on the bottom are weak. Let me do a slide kick instead of the the drop kick or whatever. You know, and it's it's like he does all this kind of stuff, and you know, at, at the end of the fight. The the robot is clearly disabled. He gives it like this big old one punch when he's ripped off all these limbs and everything. And then there's this little flashy light or whatever. And, you know, on my second view, because, you know, I guess maybe I'm paranoid, motherfucker, or whatever, but on my first view, when the light flashed again, I thought to myself, oh, man, that fucking thing's recording you, dude. You better kick that thing's ass off the fucking roof. Or, you know what, dude? It might be like counting down to, like, a self-destruct, dude. So you better get it the fuck away from, you know, Masaru and Mitsuko before it blows up, man. And he basically does... You know, kick it off the roof and then it falls into the river or something like that and you never see or hear of it again. But when I was watching it the second time, I tried to read into it a little more and, and I, I guess you could argue that maybe there was supposed to be that heart stringy moment where Kakita realizes he's, you know, killing his own kind. Like that, they always play up in the in the manga and the anime, like, "Oh, I'm killing my own brothers," you know, type thing. And
0: that's that's the reading I got from. Yeah, it when I, I mean, I, it. I guess I yeah, guess you take, he didn't want to, Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that. That that was. I mean, I, I'm trying to, you know, find positive things in it. I mean, th- but to be perfectly honest. When I first saw it, I was like, dude, you better kick that fucking thing off the roof. It's going to blow up on you, dude. It's going to, like, record you, I don't know, like, doing stuff.
2: My my biggest question is, is, like, I I looked at that robot a couple times while he was fighting. He had missile pods and, like, guns and stuff. But he was just like, you know, I'm going to hit you with claws. And I'm like, that is not a smart robot.
1: Yeah, I don't, yeah, I I mean, I don't know. It just, you know part of me thinks if you can spend some money on something like that you know like yeah i, I don't know I, I, I it just yeah that
2: yeah i think it was it was, it was to establish that Kikira is a badass which
1: is fine i have no problem yeah you you fucking need to establish Kakaida as a badass because for the rest of this fucking movie he gets his fucking ass kicked like the, the, it's like this is the last time he does anything of any determination where he just balls out wins like, this is, yeah. if if you like this character and you want to see him win in a fight, stop the fucking DVD now and just fucking throw it away. Because yeah, after yeah. that, he's going to get his ass kicked, like, left and right, like, after this.
2: Like, the- like I said, my, my tagline of quit punching me in the fucking head, it, it, it this is pretty much what happens after this fight.
1: Yeah, yeah, he just gets his ass kicked for the rest of But But, Mike, I mean, do you want to go into anything more about that rooftop fight before we move on, or
0: not really that that was probably like the moment I was like when was this made like it must have yeah. been like 2006 2007 maybe or yeah, like that's, that's or I... earlier but then I was like 2014
1: what the fuck like... yeah that, that's what I figured like that, especially that there, there's one other moment where you're definitely like this was made when like and we'll get to that but, but I mean you know th- there's some character moments out of the fight where you know you can see Mitsuko at this point is deathly afraid of Jiro like she's not like oh you saved me Yay! Like let's hug. Yeah, and...
2: Mazzaro's like he's awesome.
1: But but Mitsuko is is obviously afraid, you know, and and she won't go with him, even though he's like, "Come with me if you want to live," you know, echoing your your Terminator Two vibe or whatever, you know. And and you know, Hame finally gets to the roof, but you know they're they're not really they're sort of keeping mum about Jiro and and what exactly happened and everything.
2: But but by the way, I was going to ask you about that, Derek. How the hell do you he get to the roof? Because it seems like it's flat on all sides. You just climb up like Spider-Man.
1: I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's no elevator. There's no stairwell. Like, I fuck, Fino. You know, like, I, I you know, it, obviously, like I said, it's a green screen roof. Like, I mean, it's not a real roof. You're yeah. just, you know, I, I don't know. It just
2: comes over the side. like, I'm here now. And I'm like, how the fuck did you get up here, dude? <laughs>
1: You know, and then and then I guess I, I've already covered it, but but in my notes, this is the point where we go to Hanpei's apartment. We see the all the president's men poster. You know, Mitsuku and uh, Masaru are hiding out with him and everything like that for a few minutes while they're sort of on the run from these these black ops guys. Now now this is something I have no evidence for, but it's just a speculation. And I'm going to forward it because it was the first thing I thought when I watched this. And it also is sort of a source of my disappointment that is unrelated to political machinations or anti-American sentiments or, or anything like that. This is just flat-out disappointment. Daisuke Bon played the original Kakaida in the tokusatsu series from the 70s. I met him. He's a really nice guy. He's in this movie for like two fucking minutes like literally in the movie for two fucking minutes now The character that Hanpei goes to meet in this next scene is this character. It's a great character. It took me a while to figure out who the actor was and what his name is, and I think I have the correct information, but it's really hard for me to find information. I'm always running to Facebook and asking August Rangone about who played what sometimes because I'm never 100% sure that the information on the interwebs is correct, especially when it's relating to Japanese actors and it's printed in English, because a lot of times you're like, I'm not sure if this is accurate, but yeah. uh, from from what I was able to find, Hanpei goes to meet his ornery electronics pal. That's what I'm going to call him because they don't they don't really name him as far as I noticed. But according to one site, the character's name is Segoro Honda, and Segoro Honda is played apparently by a gentleman named Hitaro Honda, and. He's been in tons of films. So, again, I suppose this is kind of like a, I don't know, like a legacy nod cameo type role. Like, my my, my instinct yeah. is, this is my speculation, my speculation is the electronics pal and the psychiatrist that Daisuke Bond plays for like two fucking minutes that saves Kikaida later on in the movie were supposed to be the same character. Yeah, yeah. My speculation is Daisuke Bon was supposed to play one role, but somehow, I don't know if it was, like, health reasons, if it was scheduling or, you know, where he lives and where they were shooting and all that other stuff, but it sounds like, to me, they could only get Daisuke Bond for, like, a week or a day or two of shooting or something like that. And so they quickly shot that two minute scene. They had a couple throwaway lines, like when Mitsuku and Masara are on the cell phone, they're like, Let's call dad's friend, uh, you know, and and later on it's like, Oh, look who saved Kakida. It was the dad's friend who nobody else ever meets and nobody else ever sees for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Just those two minutes. So my speculation is that the ordinary electronics pal should have been De- Daisuke banned the whole time. And when they couldn't get him, they got another well-known tokusatsu actor who's appeared in tons of different things. Like, I think I, I saw like briefly, like some of the films were like, you know, Kamen Rider the first and in that superhero, Tyson Z. You know, like things, yeah. He, I, I was thinking
2: that when I saw that, I was like, I, I know this guy. Why I, is
1: I he believe, in this? Yeah. I believe he played like one of the the shadow or I, I don't know what the organization is, but like one of the like shadow moon bad. I don't know what, what whatever the bad guy organization and space sheriff Gavin is like, I think he played like one of the head honchos. So it was like, you know, it, it was basically so like supposed to be the same character from the 70s show, but sort of recast and updated for that film or whatever. So it's like, yeah. I, I, he, I think he's played a bunch of characters And this. Of course, he's kind of like a crusty old dude who obviously is very good with electronics. He's, he's very witty and and sort of snarky and again, like I said, he was uh, one of the positives of this film because he to me he was a, a funny actor and he sold all the scenes and everything. Uh, but my disappointment comes is that, you know, oh, you could have had the original actor who played Kakkaida have a much larger role and he didn't. So so it's kind of like twofold. Like like the actor was very good. He wrote Taro Honda, but but It was just one of those things where I was kind of like uh, uh, my and like I said, I don't have any evidence, but that's my suspicion. You know, like like I I, it it kind of reminds me of how I felt about when the guy who was the voice of uh, Spider-Man and Bruce Banner in the old cartoons from the 60s played Stan the Pizza Man in The Incredible Hulk. Do you know, I mean, come on, Stan the Pizza Man? Like, I'm I'm sorry, that was written for Stan Lee, but Stan Lee's like, I can't remember all those lines, true believers. Like, give me a one-day cameo where I say, like, whoa, man, and that's all he's good for. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, meanwhile, Stan the Man, Pizza Man, has, like, you know, essential scenes to the character, which is, like, almost like a true... Kind of like this, like the, the the guy who plays the electronics, pal. You think, oh, he doesn't do much, but it's like he repairs Kakita. He he helps out, you know, Hitori Hanpei. Like you know, he he's kind of like supposed to be this this grizzled sage, you know, guy who you know it, it obviously isn't associated with anybody in the the dark organization, but is also not, you know, you know, I don't know. Naive about the world and its state, you know, so it's like I I, I just felt like it probably it was designed for him. But for whatever reasons, you know, that I'm not really privy to, I can only speculate that it just didn't happen.
0: Let me ask, like, your avatar right now, that's, like, the two of them, like, the two, yes. like, yeah, yes. like, its it looks like they took that on the day he was there, because it's in the woods where that scene took place, so it's, like, maybe they only had him for that day, maybe.
1: It, it must be, like, like it seems like they only had him for a limited time, because that's the only location they shoot, like, they specifically have to find a way to get Kikaida out of the warehouse where he's fighting with Marie. And like how he stumbles out into that random forest. It's like there there's no real explanation for that other than, oh, well that's where we shot all these other scenes. So we need to find a way to transition him from this point to the forest point. So yeah. 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 But speaking of that, the the friend who who Mitsuko emails, they they also seem to make a big point of this whole, you know, nineteen eighty four you know, uh, Big Brother-type surveillance thing, because, obviously, you know, at this point, Dark is tracking Mitsuko and Masaru, and it's like, you know, email, police cameras, smartphones, you know? It's like, because they use that and email the guy, it's like, all of a sudden... They're onto them, you know, they see them on the police camera, they've used, she's used her smartphone, you know, she's given up her position, you know, so it's like, in this day and age of electronics, it's like, oh, it's really easy to track somebody, as long as they start leaving, like, an electronic imprint, so that's part of the, you know, this isn't an overwhelming theme in the film, but I mean, it's, 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 an essential plot point to basically why, you know, the characters get surrounded very quickly. And then, of course, we've got another sequence where Jiro shows up again. He whoops ass on all these kind of Secret Service-looking guys. Man, black, yeah guys. <laughs> and this, I think, like, like if, you thought, if you thought the green screen helipad was bad, like, this green screen scene. Like basically they they, they he, Jiro beats up all these guys and then he grabs Mitsuko, throws her off a bridge, he grabs Masaru, jumps off, and then all three of them like land on this truck that's driving away. Wow.
2: Especially when he grabs Masara, and it's this
1: one point where it's just like,
2: I believe I can fly.
1: Well, yeah, it's it's like it's bad enough that it's it's CGI green screen, but it's like in slow mo, and I yeah, I just it's really, really it sucks. Like <laughs> that scene. Yeah. Sucks.
2: It, 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 talk about pacing. Here's my biggest thing: is we just showed Jiro destroying a scorpion spider crab alien, what the fuck it was. Does anyone really think a couple of guys in suits are going to hurt him? And I understand we're trying to build, like, the, the connection between, you know, the kids and Jiro, and that, that's fine, but, like, at the same time, I was like, could you send, like, you know... I mean, even Sentai and and Rider send, like, plunkies of aliens to,
1: like, you know, do something? Couldn't you send, like, a cool robot? They could have kind of said something about they were augmented, or, you know, maybe they had, like, you know, limbs that were cybernetic or something, but they weren't full robots yeah. or something. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, y- you know, and, and, and for me, like, it's not like I'm suggesting that special effects in other tokusatsu films are, like, the highest caliber or anything, but again, like i've been trying to illustrate is most times i watch those because i have fun watching them and with all this crap in the background it's it's a lot easier with with the bad Spe- to, to point a finger at the bad special effects, because, you know, if I have fun, and and it's not about all this kind of weird stuff that rubs me the wrong way, I can usually, like, forgive, forget, and just enjoy it. But, since this isn't so fun, it's a lot easier for me just to focus on, man, that green screen scene is like...
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, Cause we, yeah, cause, yeah, like I said, like, the, the, the Men in Black thing, you know, that, that already kind of, like, was like, why is he fighting those guys? And like you said, when he, like, throws, you know, the girl... It's Zuko. Like, when he throws her, it's, like, it's really bad. And you're like, oh, that's bad. And then when he grabs, you know, the little brother, and then he jumps and does this, like, airwalk thing where he's, like, pumping his feet. It's like, oh, my God, that's worse, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like...
1: Yeah.
2: It's just, yeah, it, it does take you out of it. You're like, this is not a fun battle anymore. It's like...
1: I I get the idea. You know, they're playing up the Big Brother thing. He's trying to take Mitsuko and Masaru off the grid as much as possible. You know, it's like, don't use your smartphone. You know, don't use your credit card. Don't use anything that, you know, basically, you know, instead of the T-1000 being able to track you down that way, it's now dark. It's Big Brother, you know, because your electronic signature is everywhere. And they end up, you know, traveling on a local, you know, no-name bus to to leave town after they get away on the back of a truck or whatever
2: i will say that this like sequence that we're going to go into with them hanging out with jiro is probably the most enjoyable part of the movie
1: okay that's interesting like for for me like like i i understand why it needed to be done for the the plot of the movie i think it's so fucking boring (laughs) <laughs> well, no, some parts are. Yeah, some parts definitely are. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, like, like I forgot. Because like, cause I, I, I don't know what it is. It's like, it, it's the pace. It's like, it, it doesn't matter to me. Like, you can have a well-choreographed fight scene, but if you cut to, like, this long laborious sequence in the middle of it which is what happens throughout the course of this film it's like it's almost like it's like you're starting to ride a bicycle and like you're like oh boy now I'm, I'm i'm about to go down a hill and somehow magically like i don't know galactus or somebody raises the hill to like normal level and you're just like oh i thought i was gonna race down a hill but now i'm back to going boom <laughs> you know, and you're just like, oh, man, like, I was I was going to get into this, but now you've, you've fucked up my momentum.
2: I think what doesn't help, though, is, like, you know, there's, like, four or five scenes, like, seriously, four or five scenes where she looks at Jiro, and, you know, she has that whole, like, you know, maybe he's not so bad, you know, that kind of wistful look, and Jiro just like, I am a robot, how are you?
1: And you're like, what's the point of that fucking look? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and they just, it, it seems like they the director felt free spending a lot of time with the actors which i don't i don't fault him for but it's like it just seemed like there there could have been some way to 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 speed it up a little bit or something like that like not you know like basically tell ex, you know exposit what you need to exposit but do it in sort of a a, a well-paced manner cuz it, it just seemed like a lot of that stuff was so It was so real world in something that is ostensibly a fantasy, you know? So it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to go back and forth that way.
2: It's like laborious.
1: laborious. Well, 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 it's like if this was just a drama and it was dealing with like a young girl and her little brother who lost a father and then they were met by, you know, an old friend of their father's who worked with him on a project and it was all about them like rediscovering love and life. And it was supposed to be this feel good drama and stuff like that. Okay, fine. Like then maybe some of those scenes could be, you know, you could take your time with it and just do it or whatever. But, you know, it's like, in between that, it's kind of like, boom, boom, bang, metal, robot, spider, dog, rawr, you know, and it's just kind of like, but then we have to cut back to this, and it's like, I don't know, for me, it was, it was, it was really, th- th- this is, that sequence is like the toughest sequence in the film. I mean, they they have other plot points too to like dole out where basically like the defense minister meets with the prime minister and there's more political crap going on and stuff like that which you know it doesn't really resolve anything you can just see the defense minister is all about using the dark project for for his own purposes and even though the prime minister is kind of wary he's still a politician and has to like not shut him down immediately basically because of the the I guess the the situation you know with you know those two characters it's like he basically you know the defense minister helped put the prime minister in office so it's like they can't exactly turn completely on one another because they both have dirt on each other basically yeah, it's, you it's know
2: similar goals so we'll yeah you
1: know the 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 electronics guy we were talking about before Segoro Honda like. Hattori Hanpei brings him a piece of equipment that was left over from the wreckage from when Jiro destroyed that Spider-Dog robot which, or what?
2: At least they actually did show him grabbing that, so at least it's just continuity.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it was shown, and, 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 and that guy is clearly shaken up by, you know, the readout he has, that you know, that he's able to read off the hard drive or whatever it is. Like, he's like, where did you get this? Like, this is bad news, man. Like, you know, and basically, you know, it's like you, you feel like uh, Jeff Bridges or somebody would have played him in an American version where it's like, what did you do, man? You know, or some shit. You know, I was going to mention,
0: like, that scene yeah. where they're sitting around the campfire. Like, okay. And uh, Oh, like,
1: my God, Mike. I,
2: I'm about to agree with you so hard. Go ahead. Go do it, man.
0: I did, well, I was just going to say, like, you were saying how, like, they, it seems like they, they want to pay uh, homage to something, but they're also, like, ashamed of it. But, yes. like, I really don't think they, they did, a, they like, put a lot of emphasis on, like, Jiro's guitar in this movie. Mm. Like, like, you know, Got like, me. it's supposed to be a big, like, like. Key to like almost like his personality and his like desire to be like more human like, but like right. I, I think he only plays it like twice in this movie or whatever. Yeah. So I, I I don't even remember if he plays it for them like while they're around the campfire, but he does he does bring up like he likes music and like he watches like some Japanese like like comedy Sit, or sitcom
1: something. or something. Yeah, yeah
0: like I I, I I feel like that would be like it was obviously something like you and me and Tony wouldn't like get, but like I feel. Like it's the equivalent. Like I was, I was kind of joking to myself. Like it was, like you know, I enjoy like Seinfeld or something. Like what is yeah. the deal with
1: corn nuts? Like, <laughs> like, like, like I don't know, but like I guess that Juros like I enjoy the honeymooners. Straight to the moon, Alice. Straight to the moon. And then the little well, tip, I, like for the rest of the movie, straight to the moon, Alice. Bang! Straight zoom. Straight to the moon. Yeah. Straight to the moon.
2: I was going to bring up that, that campfire scene, too, because it's, like, really weird, because Mitsuko, she she wakes up, and, you know, she, like, walks over, and she sees Jiro pretty much, like, fixing himself. He's, like, doing a diagnostic, I guess, with his guitar, which is kind of nice. But it's, like, instead of having a moment where she's, like, you know, like, acknowledging he's a robot, she's just, like, I'm going to let you finish. And he's, like, okay, I'm human now. Okay, let's talk now. And I'm, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> You know, it's
1: like, you know, speaking speaking of things that that they may or may not have been embarrassed by the 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 other thing that really stood out for me is at least he had his guitar even if he didn't overly use it. Yeah. He, you know, even he, he said switch on even if he wasn't very bold about it. But the one thing I noticed is he has no side machine, like there's no motorcycle.
2: Do you know how much that pissed me off when, like, they're, like, on a bus? I'm like, why are you on a fucking
1: motorcycle? (laughs) They're on a bus so they can have all these, you know... Building character moments, but it's like he never rides. I'm like, even fucking Hattori Hanpei has a fucking motorcycle, but fucking Kakita doesn't. I mean, Kakita has a motorcycle. Hattori Hanpei has a motorcycle, but fucking Kakita does not have a fucking motorcycle. It's-
0: he prefers p- low public transportation. He even says it.
1: Yes, he says it. We're gonna stay off the grid. I'm. All, what's more off the grid than the fucking side machine? Come on, man. Yeah,
2: yeah. just it is. Like those things that, like, I I, I think this is why you, you don't like this movie in a certain way because there's a lot of geopolitical stuff that you obviously are not fond of, which is kind of hard for me to review in the raw, but I understand where you're coming from as you explain it. But it also seems like they didn't nerf Kaida, he, he is kind of badass, but they're not really showing Kaida, you know, it's just like they're more like focusing on Jiro instead of Kaida. And while that is a big part of the anime and the original series, Kakaida is also a part of him. You know, it's like, it's like Superman and, you know, Clark Kent. He has this dual identity, and they're just like, eh, fuck the side machine, you know? Yeah, he's a robot when he fights, but, you know, we're going to focus on Arnold Schwarzenegger being the T2 who, like, shakes hands and plays with kids, you know? It's like, you no, know, I, I, I want to see Kakaida, like, you know, like he said, like, you know, Worried about fighting machines and like w- wondering who he is. Why is he a robot? You know why? Why does he have to do this? You know. Yeah, and, and
1: I I don't know if this is a a bad thing or a good thing. Like they 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 also deal with the sort of escalation of arc being transformed into dark before they all. You know, it, it's sort of in between the the moments that Mitsuku and Masaro are having with Jiro, and and there is a a nice moment where Marie congratulates professor gill and i think it's the first time they call him professor gill where she's like you know congratulations professor gill you know and and he just kind of sits there and it's supposed it's supposed to be like this money moment where it's like you know on smallville the whole time they're calling brainiac milton fine and they finally are like congratulations brainiac and it's like dun 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 and I, I thought it was a good moment like she delivered the line well and everything but you you do see the the kind of backstory where you know it's like oh Gil totally had his toe stubbed by Dr. Kamoji you know it's like they they do these flashbacks and you know I don't know I, I mean I know it's always been Kakaida is blue and red and it's the two boring sides of himself but like Thinking of all this anti-American stuff, like, all I can think of is red states and blue states, and red <laughs> states are evil. And I'm just kind of like, oh, man, like, fuck off, movie, like, fuck off. Like, because it's like, I don't know, that's, that's all I could think of now. And, and you know, that's why I'm saying, like, stuff like this just ruins, you know, films for me or whatever. Because it's like, I can't, I can't just sit back and enjoy it.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, because, well, like you said, it's, like, it's supposed to be about Kakaida. You know, it's not supposed to be about, like, this big... Like, again, I hate to keep saying this term, but geopolitical thing. It's supposed to be about Jiro and Kakaida, like, trying to figure out who each other are. Because Jiro does have an arc. I mean, he does... I mean, I don't fault the movie for saying, you know, is trying to figure out who Jiro is. That That's not a problem. I have no problem with that. That's why we like Gaim so much. Because Jiro was like, who the fuck is Jiro? But the Kakaida aspect is, like, you know, very... Very shallow. It's like you know, he just I have to fight. I have to protect. And it's like it wasn't that simple in the game show and the anime. And I know you've seen the original show. I'm sure it wasn't that simple either, right?
1: I, I don't think it was. I mean, I mean he he is he is more of a I, I'd say he's more of a DC Comics good guy though. You know, like I mean he is he is noble because he wants to be. I mean the the stuff where it became complicated was with his his warring personalities, you know, that, that kind of half and half where, you know, he essentially he was created by Dark. So, you know, when Professor Gill would play the flute, you know he, you know on the on the Tokusatsu show he would just kind of like hold his head and it would hurt him and and it was hard for him to fight and stuff. But in the manga, I mean it was a lot more deep than that. Where it's like if Jiro was just Jiro, he's like oh I love Mitsuko and we want to protect her and everything. But if Professor Gill played the flute, it's like he's gonna try to fucking rape her. You know like I mean it was literally like that <laughs> night and day where it's like if, if the dark influence was on him. He he would do these real you know nasty things while Gil was playing the flute. So it's like that idea of you know that's what was so important about the conscience circuit was you know it's like that was his weakness, but it also sort of kept him on the up and up you know type thing.
2: Well, yeah, and, and I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at rape. I'm just laughing at the idea that like he he had a a, a bigger inner turmoil than that we see in this movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, you know, th- this isn't to downplay some of the things that you were noticing as, like, a, a, maybe a T2 positive. I mean, you know, Masaru is quickly taking to Jiro, and, and it's because he needs a male role model. You know, his dad is dead, and, you know, yeah. it, it's like they have this. I mean, that's, it's like. I I will continue to complain about the use of slow motion in this film, but that sequence where they're on the beach and they're playing together, and it's through the eyes of Mitsuko, like, noticing, oh, you know, this android that I was afraid of, he's not such a bad guy, he's a positive influence on my brother, and the fact that she can slow down and take that in, like, that's a fair use of the slow-mo. But I, I think it... You know, like, you know, we'll we'll bring it up again, but I mean, you know, it, it does get overused, especially in the fights, where it just, I want to rip my fucking hair out, because I'm like, I want to see the fucking fight, don't yeah. kill my momentum with this slow-mo bullshit that tells me nothing. At least in this sequence, with the, the kids, you know, and everything, it's like, oh, well, that... That had a purpose, you know, like, and, and, yeah. and again, you know, at the campfire, we do get back to the whole, for me, the, the anti American thing, because, you know, it's like they're asking Jiro what he's into, and he kind of goes into, you know, the, the Japanese sitcom and, and the type of music he likes and all this kind of stuff. And, and they're almost surprised that he has personal preferences being an android, and, and they try to turn it around, and it's almost like they're having a, you know, Sort of like a, a date interview or something, because they're and then then the little brother's <laughs> asking, you know, Mitsuko, like, well, what are your likes? Like, what about manga? You're always reading that all the time. Like, what about this and that and the other thing? And and she gets into it's like, well, why are you going to study overseas? And and she says it's not cause she likes it, but so she might figure out what she wants to do. So it's 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 almost like that thing of well it, it isn't because I like it, it's just because I think it might give me an answer to finding out who I am
2: yeah I don't, I, I don't like America, but I'll go there and figure some shit out, I guess,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know again it's not it's not very committed and it's not a very positive sort of you know. I, I don't know, portrayal or at least, you know, it's not a it's not a very positive outlook. She's you know? not excited about it. She doesn't no. want to like like find out new
2: things. She's just like I'll do this, because it's not what I'm doing now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, because cause the, the, a lot of it's about the, the mundanity that she was dealing with in her life, and it's like, oh, well, if this makes things less mundane and makes my life better, I'll go do it, but I, I don't really feel like doing it, but if it makes things better, I guess I'll try it, you know? like And, and it's just kind of like, you know, and this is the point where I just thought it was excruciatingly boring. I mean, it's laborious, it's just like, you know, I mean, I mean the point is, by the end of it, Mitsuko... Basically, is no longer afraid of Jiro, and they bring up something that doesn't really get explored at all in this movie. But but it's it, she sees Jiro as an extension of her father, because it's like Jiro was built by her father, and he, yeah, I guess you know some of his mannerisms, his personalities, these sitcoms we're saying that he likes were sitcoms that Doctor Pomoji liked.
2: Yeah, he put, he put a little bit of a programming of himself inside Jiro, Yeah,
1: and and the idea is, in some ways, like you know, w- which gets much more explored in the manga is Jiro was built as a replacement for their dead older brother, and that, of course, is never touched on in this film.
2: Yeah, that, that is something that's
1: actually in the anime, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so really so I mean I mean that that's the loosest. You know, reference to to I mean, it's similar, but it's not the same. I mean, I, I think that was a case of a movie. You, you know how you always say in comic movies they try to, they try to consolidate. You know, it's like oh, we don't need like five nasty corporate bad guys. They're all gonna be the Green Goblin. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that. Kind of thing, like where they they try to consolidate characters, or or you know, it's like you know, the Ghost Rider thing is probably a good example. It's like you know, Ghost Rider's origin. They, they attach like everything to one bad guy, yeah. Well, well, Ghostwriter's origin is kind of laborious in the sense that it's like Johnny Blaze's parents died, and then he was raised by another like cycle performer, and he was adopted by them. And the girl that he loves is technically his sister, but not really because he's just sort of adopted. And he promised his adopted mom he would never delve into Satanism, but then he does it anyway and becomes the Ghostwriter. And then, like, it's much easier in the movie to just say. My parents were circus people, then they died, then I became Ghost Rider. I used up my power, goodbye. You know, and it's like, that's a straighter line, and I guess in this sense, you know, without going into the whole, you know, my brother and my father died, and this died, and that died, and the dog died, and it's like, and then we made a robot dog. You know, it's like, they can just sort of get to the point, I suppose.
2: By by the way, Derek, Mike, have you ever, like, watched your parents when you were, like, 12, 13 years old and go, hey, I just want to let you know. I'm not going to delve into Satanism.
1: Just so you know, I promise... Ne- no, it's not even that they're not going to delve into Satanism. You're promising not to delve into Satanism ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I already did it once. It was bad. I was wrong. I promised not to do it again. And then I go ahead and do it anyway. I made it not a
0: bad. point, can, can I made it a point to tell them I wasn't going to.
1: <laughs> but, you know, and then and then there's this other weird flashback where... And this is another criticism I had with Doctor Kamoji, but it, they they basically show him giving a, a little girl Mitsuko a Christmas present, which is like this tiny little, I don't know, uh, you know, I I don't know, Wally I gear robot or whatever it is. But but it, it seems like yeah, cute little doll, and smart. It, it, you know, it's it's a smart robot, and and basically, I mean, it seems like she was a test subject for Jiro's conscience circuit do you know what I mean like I mean what you're essentially finding out in their bonding sequence and as she has this flashback is like she sort of played with Jiro as a little girl and she sort of taught Jiro all the life lessons that he's bringing with him so again like you're starting to question the idea of the conscience circuit because I I think in the I mean, I, I it's all speculation, but, I mean, in the original analysis of Kikaida, it's very much a Pinocchio-type story, where Jiminy Cricket is his conscience. I mean, originally, they called the conscience circuit the Gemini Circuit, which was supposed to be, like, Gemini, Jiminy, like, the same fucking thing. You know, like, let your conscience be your guide. So, I mean, it was supposed to be, like... Your conscience dictates your actions, whereas this seems to be a little girl who cries when she was, like, three years old dictates your actions, which, I mean, I get the idea, the psychological idea that reading emotions on a little girl will help dictate your conscience, but again, basing your conscience on the actions of a three-year-old little girl, like... It seems like they that is problematic.
2: I, I would have just end up watching Hannah, Montana for like three years. so you're like, yeah, I am sure. hero.
1: My conscience makes me watch yeah. Hannah Montana. I will steal the lipstick yeah. from that other little bitch who stole it for me. you know <laughs> my conscience circuit tells me it is good. you know, like I don't know, I don't know. anyway, I'm just making fun.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, well, well no, I, I can't say it because like kids are not the most like conscientious people. they're i'm I'm sorry just, you know, I'll I'll give a rant real quick. Kids are mean. Little kids are mean. They will say anything because they're completely honest because they don't have that filter and they will do whatever they want. So, letting a robot learn from a kid is not the best idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying learning from a corrupt old political old guy is a good idea either, but, you know, there, there's got to be some kind of balance there, I suppose.
2: A little bit of wisdom, a little bit of wisdom goes a long way, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the idea is Mitsuko's supposed to be, like, this pure soul or whatever, and, you know, she's a good girl, that that kind of thing. But anyway, I, I guess moving on to, like, some of the other points, I mean, you know, eventually, even though they try to stay off the grid and stuff like that, it, it seemed almost like Jiro playing his guitar made the satellite detect him, you know? Like, it was like, so they, they, they track him down, and the this Black Ops squad takes Masaru, Jiro ends up fighting them and saves Masaru, and then we get into... And and, and and keep in mind, I believe we've been discussing this for almost close to, I don't know, like an hour and a half now, and we're only 50 minutes into the movie. Yes, 50 minutes into the movie. This is a long, long... Long, like long it's only, it's it's only two hours. It's like an hour and fifty minutes, but I mean, it just takes a long time. And 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 you know, it's like okay, finally we've got an action sequence, right? And it's like okay, great, this is Jiro versus Madi, and he switches on to Kakita. You're like okay, cool. And 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 this is another point of negativity I'm gonna establish. Madi is supposed to be a character, whether you call her. Marie, Marie, Marie. You know, I, like I was telling Mary. the guys before yeah. we started this podcast, <laughs> I think it's like a spark, pl- or sparkle, Spiku spike thing. You know, on headmasters, it's 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 probably spike. You know, it's probably Marie, but you know, look, it's <laughs> Metroplex. No, it's Philip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's Billy. No, but it's like. It's like it's probably you know it's probably Marie, but when the Japanese say it, they say Mari, and when Americans hear Mari, they think it's Mari, and then (laughs) so you've got all these weird different you know interpretations of the romanization of the name. And and going into Marie, she's supposed to be a character. She's representative of a character that is known as Bajinda. It's a female version of Kakaida. In the manga, she was a bit more seductive like she had sort of a, a a way to i don't know massage the the circuits of like the other guy like basically like when she's introduced in the manga, there's Kakaita, there's zero one, and then there's the robot that Kakaa builds called double zero or double o and and they all sort of are falling on top of each other going, wow, you're really cute, you know, like, and it's like, why do they, why would robots feel that way? Well, it's like she has some sort of, I don't know, uh, 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 signal that she puts out, you know, that makes them sort of agreeable.
2: I, I'm, I'm about to make a lot of Common Rider fans happy, and Common Riders uh, fives. There's a character called Medic, and her ability is to basically make the, uh, Orkanaat feel better and soothe them and like heal them and yeah so there you go there's a there's a correlation between like i guess that and uh yeah i
1: I imagine that's similar i mean there's also i guess what i I, I was sort of pointing to is that whereas i don't think it's fair to say there's any costume shame in hakaida or kikaida they clearly had a large amount of costume shame they they never call her Bajinda. She never switches on. All she wears is this black jumpsuit. And uh, occasionally her arm turns into like a cyborg gun arm or something like that. There really is no costume. If you didn't know any better, like I imagine Mike's seen the anime and he may have he may even know what Bajinda looks like in the anime. You know, she's kind of pink, almost Indian-looking. She's yeah. got these weird kind of Madonna, cone, gold, you know, tit covers. And she shoots fucking <laughs> laser beams out of her fucking tits. Like, I mean, I mean, literally, like, that's what she does. You know, like, like I know there's some crazy, wacky shit that happens, you know, on Kakaida. And, and, again, you know, this was... It. Going way out of its way to downplay all of that. All she is in this is just a badass android chick who has great lips and <laughs> beats the shit out of fucking Kakita. I mean, he gets his ass whooped so hard, Mitsuku feels sorry for him. She has fucking flashbacks to, as Tony was saying, kids are scum and there are these jealous Twat kids who beat up her little <laughs> Christmas robot. And 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 you know, in the meantime shiro's got his fucking conscience circuit kicking in he remembers all this shit that mitsuko tells him about not hurting life you know even when he's like plucking a a leaf from a tree she's like you really shouldn't do that that hurts life so he's got that notion stuck in his head and you know even though he tries to pull around to power and do a comeback it's like even when he's trying to actually punch her it's like he is physically stopped, like some kind of Robocop Prime directive, like she's a member of OCP or some shit, and he just can't fucking punch her head off. And the what I want to go back to is how I described the fight choreography at the very beginning when he first fights those black ops guys who are all human beings. If somebody is that strong as Kakita is, He's that powerful that he can punch a fucking gigantic spider-dog robot off a fucking building way the fuck away into a a river, you know, miles away. But he's able to disarm black ops-trained gunmen without hurting them, you know, just kind of sending them scurrying away. Why, Why can't he do the same thing with this robot chick? Like I, I don't yeah. know. Like, like I, I, I don't think that was. It, it just seemed like all of a sudden it's like what ur, ur, weakness? Ur, 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 can't move my arm for whatever stupid reason. And then you know he gets his ass kicked. She rips off one of his fucking arms. And and it's like at that point Mitsuko's like, don't kill him. We'll go with you. Just don't kill him and And it's like, you know, it's like the halfway mark of the movie. It's like, yeah, I suppose in a in a script writing class, this is the the major obstacle a character faces. They're at their lowest ebb, you know, and and they have to come back from this basically and and that's where we're at with the movie, you know, it's like it's like he's totally fucked, like, and you know, I, I don't know, like do you guys have any thoughts on this fight the the sequence like what what your take on it was?
2: I, I would say, like. As far as I go, I would have, liked more of a Vajinda presence instead of just Mari or Mari. Yeah. And it was just, like, yeah, I understand she's an android. I, I get that. But just to, like, she has a costume in the original series. And, like, you know, she has, like, a really cool costume. And it's just, I don't know. It's just very...
1: Like you said, like, a little bit of shame, you know, it's like, we can't, like, really show... I mean, I, I, get, I get the idea, it's not like, it, I mean, it is it is pretty ostentatious, it's pretty gaudy and loud, I mean, she's pink, she's red, she, she has these weird Mickey Mouse ears, and all this kind of stuff, like, I get that she doesn't exactly look, you know, but, I mean, if you wanted to just try to modernize her, I mean, at least see a robot mode for for Mari and see what it is, you know, like, I mean, you know, I I get that they felt shame enough where it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe, you know, they, they, they called, I think, Kakaida and her when they were fighting like the, the KJX and the BJX models, you know? And it's like, Oh, fine. If you just want to call her BJX one, you know, and it's like, BJX-1, switch on, or something. Whatever. But just some... Blowjob Extreme. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Show me those lips, baby. You know, it's just like, you know, I don't know. Just just something where there was... Well,
2: you know, yeah. I mean, like, cause I know you as an old-school fan, like, Bajinda had, like, you know, that robot form. And there's actually, if you look it up, there's a Future Models version of uh, Kakaida and Bajinda. And... She looks good. She looks like a real robot, and you, you, know, you don't have to do the Mickey Mouse ears. They did a good update. It was, like, in the late 90s, and, like, that was a toy. I'm like, you can update her. You can make her look like a robot. I mean, we have a That's a dude with a brain, you know, floating in his head, and you made him look cool. I think you could have done that with a agenda, And, like, when Marie it was just like, our uh, Marie, Maru, Marie, is it seemed like it was seemed like a kind of a cop-out,
1: you know, for a movie, yeah, yeah, no, I mean that, that that like I said, like while while I enjoyed the actress a great deal, I I I think you know it's only fair to voice you know a strong disappointment in the fact that you know she she was very watered down as far as you know I mean it'd basically be like Wonder Woman's in the next you know superhero movie and then she's just like Diana Prince the whole movie. You know, and you'd just be like, Oh, well she, I she, guess... she shows up in a white jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and she just you know, she's got glasses on the whole time and you're like, Well, the lady who played her was really hot and she beat the shit out of <laughs> Superman, but you know, like I guess that's that's all there is, you know, like that's
2: Did do you know about do you know about her, uh, Mike? Um like I mean, I did that fuck with you at all, not knowing who Bajinda was? Like the fetish she could do the whole, like, you know, switch on Henshin thing.
0: I kind of figured that's who she was, but, yeah, I, I was kind of like, uh, is she ever gonna transform or anything? And I, I never really felt that, like, Jero could win against her, basically. Like, he, he always yeah. seemed to, like... I was like, what Derek was saying, where, like, Jero never wins a fight in this movie, and, like, he, do- he really doesn't. He never seems to have the upper hand.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with that if it's part of the story progress. Like, I get that, you know, the Incredible Hulk needs to get beat up by Dr. Octopus at the beginning of... You know the Sinister Six storyline, but then at the end he beats the shit out of Doctor Octopus. Like that, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not super grumpy about something like that. That's that's what round two power is about. You know, like it's like oh you get beat up in round one and you get you know you get your 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 comeuppance and you you deliver a decisive victory in round two. But in this it's like round one round one round one round one round one. And when you <laughs> finally think he's gonna get to round two, it's more like like a wash. It's kind of like nobody wins and you're just like uh it's not very cathartic and it it isn't very fulfilling as as a as a movie watcher, you know, just on a entertainment level, you know.
2: This is pretty much like me and Mike playing Darkstalkers where he wins every round and I win one.
1: <laughs> well, then it must <laughs> it must really be like me where I don't win any rounds, you know. Like, <laughs> Just like, hey, what's up? I'm Jiro. Psh, oh, psh, oh, in the head, in the head, in the head, yeah. And then, of course, I've I've kind of already spoiled it, but of course, you know, G- Jiro is, is all fucked up. He has no arm. He somehow magically walks to a forest where, you know, of course, Daisuke Band cameos for like two minutes. And, you know, I mean, it's great to see him in the film. You know, he plays this old friend. I I, I don't know how to pronounce it very well, but it's Keiujiro Maino. And I guess he's an old friend of Dr. Kamoji, that's who Mitsuko was emailing at the beginning of the piece when all the Secret Service guys tried to jump them. And he actually, again, you know, trying to back up my little theory that I have no evidence for, his dialogue, he even says, oh yeah, I'll contact this shifty journalist to to, you know, fill him in on what's been going on lately. And I'm like, well, he's clearly talking about Hanpei, and Hanpei was friends with the other electronics guy. So I'm, like, thinking, oh, they probably were supposed to be the same character, but they were just split up to deal with, I guess, Daisuke Bon's schedule. You know, they kind of sell him as, like, a psychiatrist, and he kind of gives Jiro some new ideas to think about this whole thing of, you know, being imperfect can result in perfection, you know, and that, of course, is a head splitting idea for a android, you know, to wrap their heads around. It's like perfect is perfect and imperfect is imperfect, but they can't really appreciate, you know, you know, things like happy accidents. It's like what, what the fuck? Happy is happy. An accident is unhappy. You know, like they can't. Comprehend something that is a yeah. contradiction, you know. So, so I
2: see we did it there head splitting with like a kind of having like the brain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and 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 you know, they're, they're, you know, just going down the list now. I'll, I'll try to go a little faster because I know we've been here for a while. But you know, they they talk about how. The, the acronym for DARK was, uh, I think, originally, I'll, I'll have to scroll up and look here, but the, the original acronym was Advanced Research by Kamoji. And then when they decided to name it DARK, it was. The developing Advanced Research of My Kamoji. But I guess in the film, it's like they describe it as a defense project you know, like D is for defense. And I'm just kind of like, well, wait, Dark is the organization of the bad guys, but yet they're trying to act like, you know, I mean, I get it. You know, there are people out there who who hate the military industrial complex, and that's what Dark is representing in this case. But what also bugs me is Professor Gill, if anything in the manga, was a foreigner. He was not Japanese, and there were lots of allusions to the idea that he was probably German, you know, that, 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 you know, all, with all the things that that entails, anything, you know, quote unquote evil that that entails, not just regular German people, but, you know, the idea of, of Nazism and, and Mengele and all this kind of weird, creepy shit that has gone down in history. And, and those are the kind of associations that I made when I read the manga, but then people who read, you know, read, I guess, watch this you know, like the the association is, oh yeah, that that terrible American military industrial complex. I hate those guys, and it's just like again, that that's something that just you know, of course, takes me out of it, and I I can't support that wholeheartedly.
2: It, it, it's kind of like the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants thing, you know. It's like if you, if you do, turn Cobra to. Complete, organized, responsible, biblical ac- acolytes. You know, it's like, oh, we're not bad. We're not bad. We're good. We're cool. You know, it's like,
1: yeah, yeah, you, I you, don't... Can have,
2: you can you can have an evil evil acronym. It's not. It's okay if you're evil. It's like if you're evil, just own it. Just own the evilness. You know.
1: Yeah, and and of course, again, like I was saying, I mean, it's it's only. I mean. I'm not really exaggerating. It's like a two-minute cameo that he's got. Because then the next scene, he, like, wakes up, and then he's in the presence of the electronics guy and Hanpei. You know, and Hanpei's like, I know the whole conspiracy now, you know? It's like, you know, and he explains about, you know, basically... I mean, see, this is the thing that cracks me up, is you'd think at this point it'd be like, okay, we're going to have a montage. Kakaida's going to get back into gear, beat up these guys, and save the children. But instead, it, like, totally diffuses any momentum you've had because you find out in the interim while he was unconscious matsaru had the computer chip cut out of him they have all of komoji's data and Mitsuku and matsaru get freed they let them go you know so it's like jiro's mission is now over you know and you're just kind of like yeah okay so now now it's like okay now what does he do You know, and it's like, you know, and and it's like they go back to this mundane, boring shit again. It's like Mitsuko's going to school. And then again, it's like they're bringing up, when are you going to the U.S. to study? And of course, I I forgot to mention this as a positive, but I've got it written in my notes here, which is, I really like Mitsuko's slutty friends asking about American hunks. (laughs) Do you know what, girls? We've got three of them right here on this podcast, baby. So we're, we're all here. So. Whenever you're ready. Check
2: out my male power bonus. I'm hot. <laughs> hey,
1: we're, what else do you think American Hunks entails? It's got to entail some of that stuff. Because, uh, you know, everything else is so negative. So, anyway.
2: Well, it, it, it really sad, though. It's like you were talking about, like, the original, uh, you know, Kakaida actor in there. And I, I think you'll give this to me, Derek. You know, especially watching Dime and especially a lot of the movies we've watched uh, dealing with... Uh, past, like, they they do tend to bring a lot of the past writers into the movies. Like, most of the ones who are really popular get a really nice moment. Yeah. Where it's like, hell yeah. You know, it's like, fuck yeah, you know, common writer Black Rx. Yeah, you fucking kick ass. And you didn't get that in this movie.
1: No. Well, I mean, the the problem is he's not, you know, this is more tantamount to you know, Dean Cain is not coming to visit Tom Welling as another Superman from a parallel yeah. universe. It's just he's playing some cameo character or whatever, some other character. And again, Daisuke Ban is not playing, you know, alter you know, you know, other Jiro from the seventies. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. he's playing some other character. But again, like you said, d- does he really I mean, it's like what? He picks up a guy with no arm, tells him some confusing shit about perfection and imperfection being perfection. You know, they have a nice moment together, but that, you know, it's two minutes and that's the end of it. And, you know, again, being a fan of the original, that 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 was kind of a letdown. I mean, it, you know, it was kind of like, you know, you, you go, oh, he couldn't have been in longer than that. Like, I mean, that's when you start to question. It's like I already have all these negative feelings about the film as it is. So to me, I wonder is something wrong with the actor like i hope he's okay was he unhealthy that he couldn't yeah. uh, shoot for that long yeah. and then and then the other thing you're thinking of was did did the actual studio were they pricks were they like oh he's too old to like shoot this stuff let's just get him for a day and you know we'll get a, another actor to play this other role like and you know i i you know I, again it's all speculation but that's all the things that were going through my head
2: it would, would have been, like, so weird for him to, like, you know, pick up the arm and just, like, even, like, CGI, you know, just be, like, you know, show, like, half of the uh kind of face and be, like, I used to fight for justice.
1: You know, something, like, simple as that, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, just anything, but, you know, and, and so we, we get back to sort of, I, I don't know, like, again, like I said, it, it sort of disrupts the momentum. Like, you'd think... At this point, it'd be all about a montage and exciting music and him getting, you know, the kids back. But again, there there's nobody to get back. You know, Mitsuko is leaving for the U.S. tomorrow. It's, it's all kind of boring. You know, again, we return to the apartment where the windows were smashed and now they're not smashed and again it's just you know oh uh, why isn't Jiro saying goodbye to us and and uh, you know Matsaru is is all sad and everything like that and you know and then again you know the momentum gets strange again because they cut to Hachida and you know it's weird he 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 rides up he meets Jiro he, he gives a uh, what i'm going to call a useless small villain nod line but it has no relevance you
2: know you know actually there i was going to bring that up because we were talking about you know the the game episode where hakata shows up and we were like not mad that he showed up but we were just kind of like wow it just kind of went really far reaching for him to show up but we were okay with it because it was a Gaim episode, episode it was like trying to reboot the franchise but in this movie about kakaida hakata really makes a
1: random entrance he's just like i'm here now you you know what i just realized that split my head open you know how i was trying to explain that the only place that jiro meeting gaim could have fit is in the year interim you know who doesn't exist in that year interim hakida oh wow he's just existed so there's no, I mean, th- it has to take place after this movie, but it can't take place after this movie because he's fucking <laughs> oh, God. not You know, know,
0: know what I was kind of laughing at? Like, okay, so Gil transfers his brain into the, the huck body, and, uh-huh. like, obviously it was, like, a rogue operation. So it's, like, I feel like Jero, Jero should have been like, um, who put your brain in that robot body? And he was like, <laughs> oh, well, um, never you mind. Like, let's go, let's fight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, let's fight. Well, yeah. he, he's got the line, he says, those born of Dark return to Dark. And that's, like, from the old series. And it's kind of funny, because that was yeah, when yeah. Like I said Dark was this Mangala-esque evil organization. And in this, it's supposed to be, like, a defense agency that is under the supervision of the Minister of Defense for Japan. So I'm just kind of like, and it was turned into Dark, like, you know, five weeks ago. or something. You know what I mean? Like, not, and it's kind of like, <laughs> well, wait, he wasn't even built by Dark. He was built... He was built by a park. Like the, the Department
2: of Homeland Security is now the homeland of, you know, like the Department of Homeland
1: Destruction. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's just like, oh, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, and it's like, it's yeah. like I get what you guys are saying, like the choreography of the fight is pretty cool. But, again, this is the point where I'm like, why, why are we going to slow-mo? Like, wh- I don't know, it just seemed to slow down the momentum. Uh,
2: I, I get there. So many punches to the fucking head
1: in slow mo. It's ridiculous. And like the the other thing I was kind of disappointed about is I like I said I I enjoyed Hakida's costume, the interpretation of that. His pistol is ass. That that square thing with the little missiles in it or whatever the fuck yeah. that is. Like I mean before he had like this cool little <laughs> custom you know magnum hand cannon and in this it's like it's some Rob Liefeld fucking flare gun or something.
2: No, you know what it's not, Derek? It's not.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. It's definitely not. No. It's not the DJ gun. It's not the DJ gun. Reboot Hokkaido's Pistol sucks. Like, I I was disappointed. And, and, like, the fight ends out of nowhere. It's just kind of like, okay, time to stop fighting now. And... I mean, is it me, or I mean, that's what I felt like. Like it was like they're about to get into it. Like you'd think this would be the final fight, or at least leading up to the fight. But yet, it's another
0: kind of uh-huh.
1: it's another kind of blue balls moment for me, where it's like let's get into a good fight, and now let's slow down again. Because then it's like Marie and the Black Ops team track them down and bring them back to the facility, and then we got to cut back to the. You know, the electronics guy, and then they see on the news that Hakaida's, in the meantime, he's destroyed the dark headquarters, and it's like this awful green screen wasteland and everything. I mean, I'm just trying to get us to that point, but I mean, is it me, or, you know, did you guys kind of feel that way too?
2: In, in the anime, I think Mike would agree, Is like, Hakaida is like fucking badass. And like, when he shows up, you're like, I mean, okay, it's a show. I mean, obviously, you're not scared, scared. But you're like, God damn, this guy's powerful, you know. It's like, and you know, usually he just leaves Jiro just to think about what happened. And this one, he's like, I almost beat you by. Sorry, <laughs> you know. Sorry, sorry. It, it just, I'm, I'm
0: still, I'm, I'm still grappling with the the chicken and egg implications of who put Gill's brain in that body.
1: <laughs> I'm, <I, laughs> yeah. I'm still, I'm yeah. still grappling yeah. with the chicken and egg implication of. When did that Gaim episode take place?
0: It's no, a no, like after I, Knuckle Man and uh, Duke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I I agree with you guys are saying, and I I was kind of like like okay, like, I feel like Jiro. By the time that fight was winding down, Jiro was like on round six power or something. Yeah, like he was yeah. like he kept getting beaten down and then he kept getting back up, and then yeah.
1: At that point, like it, it's weird. Like they they all capture you know the the dark guys, you know Marie and the the ops guys. They quote unquote capture Hakaida. But it seems like it's all part of his, you know, nefarious plan to be butthurt and, like, destroy them from within, you know. And and he's like, oh, you're just a machine, Marie, so I could control you later or whatever. And then we just cut to, you know, they don't really explain, you know, what happens. But there's some kind of weird cameo scene at the end. So we know that Marie and the Je- Japan's, you know prime minister or japan's defense minister they, they they both got away but as far as we know at the time he's murdered everybody and and there's just a bunch of rubble you know and it, it, it's like it, i don't know it's like one of those like fake I, things should, should, should mention that jiro is pretty much dead as far as we know it in this movie <laughs> Yeah, he. I mean, yeah, essentially, yeah. But but see, that that's the thing, that, that rubble, it's like, it doesn't even look real to me. It's like, oh, here's another good setting for a fight. It's almost like they they went, oh, well, let's make it look kind of like a Mad Max, Hakkaida... You know, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Mechanical Violator Hakkaida movie. I did not. Know. But I, I did think, like, they were trying to pull a little from that, where it looked a little dystopian like in a sense but it's like it's it's like that weird thing where you're like you know the rest of japan is fine it's just this one patch of japan for like 20 meters is dystopian and i'm like that just doesn't compute to me again it like hurts my head but it's like can you imagine it's like the world is not like mad max but that three block radius from your house to your grocery store is like Mad Max, you know, and I'm just like, I, yeah, I don't get it. I, I was going to ask you, Derek, because I'm not familiar with Kakaida as far as his abilities.
2: Was the whole electromagnetic pulse-like finishing move something he's done
1: before, or is that just something they did for the movie? No, they, I mean, see, they, they called it, like, in the final fight, and again, to me, that came out of nowhere, because I don't think they did a good job of setting up, like, who taught him that? How does he know to do that? I mean, the whole time, he's talking to the electronics guy and saying, how do I, how do I amp up my abilities? Like, how do I beat Pakaida? And he's kind of like, uh, I don't know, you don't, bro. It's like, the only way to beat him is to turn off your conscience circuit. And of course, he does eventually, and even then... He's still getting punched in the head like we're bitching about in slow mo, and you're like he's still <laughs> yeah. getting his ass kicked even after he's turned off his conscience circuit. And then out of nowhere, like he basically does what they refer to on the readout screen. Grapple grapple wrestles. Well, he, he refers to it as the electromagnetic end, and and basically all that is is it's is it's his super move. They they call it the, I think you know in in either in the anime the manga and. The the tokusatsu, it's either the elend uh, the elend the end or the electric end, but that's his super oh, okay. You know, on the tokusatsu, it's like he'll okay, be well, like, oh yeah,
2: yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. I in the anime. Yeah, the the end. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, he'll just be like the end, and he'll do this kind of like cross motion, and it'll blow up. You know, who's ever on screen. I mean, it, it's a it, ostensibly it's you know, his Kamehameha, it's his Hadouken, it's, you know, it, basically it's the, the, the final super move. It, it's Rider Kick, yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah it's his Rider Kick, you know, but it felt like, again, kind of like those born of Dark return to Dark. The Electric End, it's kind of like, it's like, it's a nod to the original, but they didn't even bother to explain it or set it up, so it's like, what's the fucking point?
2: I, I, I'll be honest, is like as far as the finishing move, This is just me I mean Seeing two guys hold each other And then like A couple Bright flashes of light Not a good ending move
1: Yeah I I think in the tokusatsu The end Is never Fully realized Like it is in the manga Or the anime I, I think I think especially in the anime, it it seems to be a lot bigger than it ever was in live action. Like in in the Tokusatsu, it's just kind of like yeah. he'll jump in front of the screen, cross his arms, and then they'll usually break a window or something or break a you know something.
2: But yeah, that that's even better than like them grappling and just like yeah.
1: yeah yeah. Well, I mean, and and then what's weird is again maybe some of it comes to back to that they're embarrassed by that you know that there is a super move that they have to use or something and 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 even yeah. like what what I noticed too was they try to bring in the evil professor gilfoyle like i don't know if you noticed or not but in in some of the sequences before you know Kikaida gets the fucking boring slow-mo head noogies from fucking hakida or whatever there's that yeah, moment there's
2: music where, in the background yeah
1: He he takes, you know how he sort of takes him over and that red claw side of him tries to strangle Mitsuko? Like, that's a bit like what I was describing in the manga. You know how I said, like, oh, well, if he plays the flute, like, he he wants to rip off her clothes and and, and do all kinds of horrible things because now he's... He's of dark, you know, he's evil now, or whatever. It's like, and and then the blue arm stops the red arm from doing it, you know, like that kind of thing. And he's got this big speech about how he wants to protect all souls, you know, all of humanity. And, And they just kind of refer to what Gil did as an EMP. You know, oh, he just gave him an electromagnetic pulse and it screwed up his, you know calibrations or whatever. But to me, I mean it was like it was supposed to be Gil's flute. Like you could hear the it wasn't quite as annoying as it is on the the Tokusatsu show cuz on the Tokusatsu show it was always like mommy, mommy. You know, and your fucking head would like explode because it's so annoying. And you're like, no wonder he wants to like murder and kill everybody. If I heard that nonstop for twenty minutes, I'd want to murder and kill somebody too. But you know, in this, it's like kind of like the way they do the the Kakita guitar theme. Like it's a little, I don't know, modernized or something. Well, well, I mean, it's it's well, a lot yeah, more a little more, more techno you know. yeah, yeah, and it's it's a lot more subtle. <laughs>
2: You know what really like kind of annoyed me about this is... like I watched the anime on Cartoon Network, God, so many years ago. And it didn't end on a great note. I mean, no, it did have kind of a down ending. But it was still, like, hopeful. And this one, like, it was just like...
1: Kakaida is
2: dead. I'll rebuild him. I'm like, how the fuck are you going to rebuild him?
1: Uh, well, for me, I think, I think the problem is what my original problem with the film was. You know, if it goes back to Kamoji comes from the place that if you weaponize something you're a warmonger you're from america and you're a bad person right and so i i think the entire agenda is not to show you an entertaining film with cool fights i think the agenda is to tell you that weaponizing robots is bad and that the entire fight sequence is designed to unglamorize battle so it's like they're they're beating the hell out of each other in that scene where they both like fall into like, you know, two sides of one another. It's just like it's just like basically yeah,
2: they, they, they like keep getting up and they're like beating down or it's like,
1: oh, I'm going to fight more. I mean, you would think if he disables his conscience circuit that that would enable him to just straight up. Pluck his hand into Gil's fucking brain, rip it out and crush it. And that should be the end of the movie, right? He's the hero. He did the good thing and stopped the bad guy, right? that That's kind of how I view it, right? But instead, it's just supposed to be this, like, you know, Pikachu versus, um, you know, screwed up Pikachu from that first movie where they're both smacking each other and everybody's crying and going, oh, isn't fighting wrong? You know like yeah. isn't fighting bad you know like i said S- speaking of that i thought she was going to
0: bring him back to life when she cried on him
1: right on him exactly I totally thought so.
2: yeah i thought i thought that too i thought, like, I thought the geez, tear geez, was geez.
0: gonna like the tear was gonna like fall into the crack on his face or something and he's going to yeah, be like I systems I totally reactivated saw. yeah all i required I was that. the t- was the tears of a, <laughs> a teenage girl
2: I just need the tears of a hot butt, and I'm okay. Uh, uh,
1: you know, <laughs> but, but, and... But, yeah, it, yeah.
2: It's, just, it's just, it's really depressing, because it's like, I know Hakaiya is not a, a very happy series, even the, uh, you know, original live-action is not very happy, but at the same time, it's all about hope, and this one, the way it ends, is like, the way Hakaida like, beats the fuck out of it, was like, like, I know it's just like, you know, rubber suits, but like when he caves in his chest and yeah. kind of, you know, he just like barely wins. It's like, uh, I'm sad.
1: I don't want to watch this anymore. Even to the point of the last things that Hakaida says to him, he's basically like, look, you've turned off your conscience circuit. You've betrayed your creator, your father in, in killing me, you know, ha ha ha. So even though you're winning against me in reality, I've I've one against you you know like basically i've i've corrupted yeah. or programming your original ideals like that that's what he's telling him right and he says he hasn't you know he he says you know like no i don't believe that right but you you would think you know like okay he sacrificed himself to save humanity right so that you know i mean in some sense you could say okay well there's some kind of nobility in in that decision right but then immediately after yeah, moral victory yeah it's like they can't even give him a moment where he gets to hug mitsuko it's like that scene where he just tries to do it and then he falls over is really awkward yeah. Like, I mean, it's like Yeah, like, I remember
2: what I watched that is like, He's just like, he's just lumbering forward And she's like, ah, you know like, like, Jiro, you know, she actually says Jiro you know, Which is nice I, I heard that on the, like, you know, Raw and She actually says Jiro And she cares about him and stuff And I'm just like Like, it, it, as far as this movie goes Like, I think that's what made me really mad Is like, because Tokusatsu Heroes You know, I'm sorry, I'm going to go there they usually win in the end, even if they have to give up something. You know, Gaim. We won't talk about because Derek hasn't seen it all, but we're gonna find out like what Gaim is made out of. <laughs> and we like, you know, the original Kaida You know, it's like even in the anime, it seems like his sacrifice was worth something. And in this movie, it seems like he did a good thing, which was okay, but at the same time. Like, I, I was depressed at that ending. I was like, I shouldn't be depressed watching a superhero movie.
1: Well, and, and it's not it's not very cathartic on multiple levels. Like, you don't have the satisfaction of Kikaida triumphing over evil. You, all you have is that Kikaida barely stopped evil at the cost of his own life. And then on top of that, like we were talking about, that kind of, as you're describing it, the geopolitical notions and agenda within the film, Right. That, that with Kakaida's death, or Jiro's death, it's like Mitsuko finally figures out what her purpose is. She's like, my purpose is I'm going to learn to know what my father knows and fix Jiro, like bring him back right and you could say okay well that's a good positive thing right but you know un- the underlying geopolitical thing is i'm not going to that stupid warmongering america i'm going to yeah. stay here and fix jiro cuz i'm a i'm a good person
0: jiro's last words should have been like great i'll see you in 25 years <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a reboot, reboot, reboot? You know, and and, and and yeah, and and that's essentially how it ends with, like you said, with Kakaida dead and Mitsuko sort of swearing to resurrect Kakaida, and then it's like, Kakaida, reboot! And it's kind of like, yeah, well, we hope. You know, like, we don't yeah. know, man,
2: do we? Yeah, it's like, what, what did we actually reboot? You know, a we'll boot in the
1: ass, you know? You know like- yeah, it's like... Kaida will reboot maybe if Mitsuko can get her shit together and reboot him, and and then they have a quick one of these quick Marvel after credits things that I had mentioned before where it's like oh no they save Professor Gill's brain and you've got the defense minister and Marie there sitting in the car and there's some l- line about the real android project begins and I'm like to be honest who the fuck cares
2: I, I would assume it's agenda I would assume. You know?
1: That or maybe you know you, you could think maybe any of those dark androids you know that you know but of course if they're so embarrassed by it I can't see them you know to me it is probably like oh they can just get Paul Giamatti to do the gray rhino king or whatever at the end and you know whatever
2: I I, I will say as like as far as like now that we've we actually have hit the bullet points you want to talk about yeah yeah I I will say what I would really like. What I really enjoy is, like, next year, a year from now, I really like the guy who played Jira. I think he's a really good actor. I think he's really enjoyable. I think he actually encapsulates the idea of, uh, you know, Kakaida. And I don't know that much about Kakaida, and I actually liked him as Kakaida. What I would really like is just a teaser trailer or something, him running up on, like, you know, the fucking cycle, and just whipping out the guitar and playing a like you know note, being like, I'm reborn, you know, like I I was you know destroyed, but I I, I was rebuilt, and like a, a, a series because I think Kakaida needs a series. It's kind of like Sentai, is kind of like Kamen Writer. Rider. The movie was a, a, a an honest try for a reboot, but it didn't satisfy. I think these kind of shows need series. That's why, like, like me and you, Derek, have said many times, some of the movies we've watched have not made us happy. You know, we've, we've talked about to not having a good character arc. We've talked about a lot of characters we didn't enjoy in these, like, you know, Kamen Rider movies. And I think a movie tries too hard, whereas series, we can actually get into that character and be really fun. And as far as this movie goes, I don't I think it was uh, like it, it was about Jiro and Kakita, as far as the title, but he was just like even more of a outlying Superman than we should have had. It was more about the kids, it was more about Dark, and we really didn't get a lot of Kakita in this. And I think that's why this is a really average movie. So I would really like to see a series with that actor being Jiro, being Kakaida. And I think he could actually really do it. I think he would be really good in that.
1: I I would be, I mean, I I wouldn't be adverse to something like that. I think maybe you could also get away with doing, like, some kind of other team-up movie or some kind of return with other characters. Like, I wouldn't mind if they did another... You know, superhero Tyson movie, and he happened to be involved in it, or something like that. Like things, things of that like nature to kind of, yeah, yeah you, you know, something to slowly bring him back and and maybe, you know, as they like to say with the Green Lantern movie, you know, wait until the stink wears off, you know, like of, of this movie and then kind of yeah. sneak him into some other stuff or something like that. I mean, the, the only other bullet point, the last bullet point I had and you're like, dude, we've gotten to the credits. What else could there be? I thought it was the ultimate fucking slap in the face because at the end they do a, a cover of the original Kakita song and they've got photo stills from the original Kakaida Tokusatsu and the Kakaida Zero-One Tokusatsu, and I was just kind of like, fuck you, movie, fuck you. You know, because, <laughs> like, you were nothing like this. You haven't earned
0: that, motherfucker. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I was just like, I can't believe you're going to put stills of the original fucking thing there. Here's and... the
0: thing we tried not to emulate.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, basically, it's like, here's the shit we were all embarrassed by. Look at that Bajinda outfit. Boy, Was, aren't you glad we didn't do that? Ha 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 ha. Did
2: you like this? We did do
1: this. <laughs> it reminds me of all those people on Facebook who put animated GIFs of Kakaida images, but they've never seen the series. They don't know what it is, but it's just like a, a yuck GIF to them, where it's like, look at this character. Oh, Japan, you so crazy. You know, like, that's basically all it is to them, so it's it's a little disappointing.
2: I do have a question for Mike, though. Mike, this is your first Toku show
1: that we've had
2: you on here.
0: Yay!
2: Yay. despite the fact that it's not the best what is your thoughts on Tokyo? Would you want to watch like Common after Guy, you know, old episodes of Space Sheriff Gavin or even old episodes of Kakaider? like did this like turn you off or were you like, it's interesting enough to check out the older shit cause this is not good, this is not good but like, was it fun enough for you to actually get interested in the older shit?
0: I mean I'm, I'm interested as just like a it's basically a like time management thing where it's like I just don't have time to get into yeah. something else but I mean like if I did if oh, I yeah. had, if I didn't have to work and I I could do this stuff like all day and stuff yeah maybe <laughs> but you know it's it's very low on my priority of things to watch basically but you know, I mean if, well, it's, well, I've got nothing against it like I mean, I, I can understand, like, like I, I enjoyed watching this movie, but, like, I can definitely see where Derek's coming from, and I definitely, like, share some of the same criticisms, but, like, I still have fun watching stuff like this. Like, you know, it's 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 nice for a change sometimes.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, me and Derek obviously both have jobs, too, but, like, you know, there's some shows that we just get into, like, Guy, me and Derek both like it, and we you know, made a point to want to see it. So I can understand where you're, you're, you're at the point where you're like, eh, it's not much TV. So I, I understand that.
1: I, I think I understand where Mike's coming from to a degree, because I remember before you got, and I, I think it's mainly your fault, Jackson, but before you got me into Common <laughs> Rider, you know, it's like, I, I remember people like Justin. I remember folks on Botalk like Funkatron. You know, people would, point out things and go dude you should check out common rider you should check out common rider and it was always like that doctor who thing for me where it was like well one it's foreign two i'm like you know there's so much like there's so oh, yeah. much history behind it it's like where do you start what do you do like it, and and it, it, that's an easy enough excuse to be like it's so big i'm coming to the party so late I might as well not start now, and it, it's easy to do with a lot of stuff like that. And I think I think the reason why maybe it was eventually easier for me were things like Kakaida being in movies with Common Rider. Do you know what I mean? That idea of oh, yeah. here's something I am familiar with that I do love, and and here's something that has sort of a periphery correlation, you know, and and that way it could draw me into those things. So I mean, that's that that's all I could say. I mean, I I could imagine if if there was something that, you know, m- you know, Mike really liked, whether it was in sentai or tokusatsu or something like that and and it just happened to do a crossover or something. You know, it'd be like one of those things where it's like, "Oh, well, I'm sure if Hawkeye teamed up with you know, common writer at some point in a weird Marvel manga crossover or something, he would breed that. Do you know what I mean? And then maybe it'd be yeah. a little easier that bridge, you know? It's like that, that kind of thing. I mean, I, I just sort of pulled that out of my ass.
2: I think it also that, like, with Gaim, it's a Heisei era where, like, they're more standalone, where the show area seemed to be more connected like the Showa era was like we have to follow this show to see what goes on next and like all these commoners are like together where the heisei era you know it's like yeah you have to kind of know stuff but you can watch gaim and it 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 can be a complete show by itself you know
1: yeah yeah well i mean there's that you know i mean i i think mike is is savvy enough You know, having watched all these different Gundam series over the years, you know, I mean, he knows the difference between, you know, something that is part of the universal century and something that is an alternate universe. And I, I mean, a lot of these shows now, the newer shows that come out, I'm not saying they're not in continuity, but there is that definite Japanese thing of, okay, we've done 50 episodes of this series, now we're going to totally have a fresh take on the franchise. I mean, that's something that they've always been good at, whereas, you know, this might have been something that fell on its face, but a a lot of the, you know, this film that we're talking about, but, but I mean, a a lot of revamps of... You know, whether it's Super Sentai or Common Rider or whatever, you know, a lot of the times you take a look at it and go, hey, this this turned out pretty cool. Like, this new version of Ultraman, I kind of like this guy. Despite the fact that we like Gaim.
2: We do like the Gaim episodes. We like the Gaim series. But we both like Jiro a lot more in his standalone episode in Gaim, which is yeah. not a good thing as far as the movie. It's, like, really good for Gaim. It's really good for, you know, Kakaida. But I I like that Giro. I want to see that Giro in a movie.
1: Well, I I, I kind of felt like in some ways that episode of Gaim, and, and we discussed this when we were talking about that episode, was it almost felt like it was not a reboot. You know, like that—that that yeah. he, he just forgot who he was for a little bit. But everything that happened to Daisuke Bon happened to that guy, and then he just rolled into Zawame City. You know that that you know the, even in the the next episode descriptions and things like that. You know they described him as the legendary hero. It's like if he's just the reboot character. He couldn't possibly be a legendary hero. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But if he had all the history of the character from the seventies and going into zero one and then of course the common writer movies that he showed up in, well then he does have a lot of history. And that, that kind of to me was like, Oh cool. Like even though it's called reboot, maybe it, you know, there was part of me hoping kind of like maybe, you know, fans of Star Trek did when J.J. Abrams took over. Like, maybe it's not really a reboot, you know, like that kind of thing.
2: This is, this is more Star Trek Into Darkness than Star Trek. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 I guess so.
2: I, I will say this. As far as, like, I, I said it earlier, like, if you're a Toku fan, I would watch this just to see some really cool, like, costumes. I Like, like Derek said, and I, you know, he agreed with me. The new Kakita costume is really nice. The new Hakita costume is really nice. We're gonna see a agenda, but whatever. You know, as far as like fun fights, there's some fun fights. There's some good choreography, but if you're not a Toku fan, you you really can't totally skip this. It's it's not it's not on a must watch list. I I agree with Derek. There's a lot of random bullshit that like you can really overlook.
1: Yeah, I I think the only reason why I sat through this twice now is because I'm a fan of Kaida the character, but not because I enjoyed the film. You know, I I, I think, you know, like, like I said, it's not completely unsalvageable if they want to try to use the same actor and put him in other projects. I think he did a good job. I just wasn't a fan of the direction the the script went in, is all. So that's you know that that would be my main criticism, you know. And and of course, you know, every everything we've discussed to this point. I mean, I, I hope this doesn't put people off. I know a lot of times people would rather prefer listening to a show where you know people are always passionate, one hundred percent of the time, and you know talk about all the good points of a show. But
2: but, but 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 you you, you are passionate. You well, know, you are passionate. You just didn't like this film. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I really, you know, uh, you know, it's just me being honest. I mean, I just, I just didn't care for the film, and and it was a disappointment. <laughs> I mean, my passion for the character stands. It's just, I, I am disappointed that that it couldn't live on in this particular incarnation of of the you know in the in this film, but yeah, so, so I guess I mean you know i i don't want to belabor the points any more than we we already have I mean, I feel like we we kind of discussed this uh, as fully as we possibly could i I just want to say that. I know this is a divergence in some sense from the GIME discussion that we've been having, but Tony and I for sure are going to be continuing to complete the GIME series. But coming up next, there is going to be a a minor test project that that me and Tony have already recorded. But when you're listening to this, it'll be the follow-up show, which we're actually going to do kind of like a, a... test for for what we might do after gaim so uh you know i won't spoil what that is but you'll see what that is next week and then after that we're going to go back into our continued coverage of gaim where we cover the various arcs so there'll be you know a couple more arcs left that will finish off the series and a good number of specials and movies and we'll try to get some guests in on some of the movies like we did last time and that's kinda of where we're moving, you know, the direction we're moving in as far as Toku Thursdays is going. So I, I hope everybody enjoyed listening to our coverage of Kakita Reboot. And until the next time, this is gonna be Derek getting punched in the head repeatedly in slow motion, signing off.
0: Hey, it's Mike, switch off.
2: Hey, this is Tony and I'm gonna sly kick you in the legs, Mr. Spiderbot. Yeah, I, I figured from the outset this would be this would be a a Derek heavy episode just because you're a fan of Akaida and you're not a huge fan of this
0: movie. <laughs> it's no, a Derek no. heavy episode. It's like you go through your TiVo list and you're like, oh, a Derek heavy episode.
1: <laughs> it's like, god damn it, Derek's gonna put on his view binoculars and. Fall in love with some dumb chick who has a mole on her and she's a hologram. And <laughs> God damn it! And then he turns into like a fuzzy alien with light up features.
2: But and... <laughs> hey, it's, it's cool. You still get to do that roll underneath the uh, bulkhead
0: every time the <laughs> 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 fucking epic just... maneuver.
1: It's like Derek reads to the children. He's cool. He's cool. <sighs> I would be a terrible reading rainbow host. I don't know how that <laughs> happened, but yeah. Alright. So uh I guess... hey,
0: kids
2: are gonna read a fucking book. Do you guys read? Probably not. That's what old people do.
1: It's like, Mr. well here we go. It's like
0: Mr. It's like... Derek, I don't get that and you're like, What are you dense? <laughs> are you retarded? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like I haven't read a book in fifteen years. <laughs>
0: fifteen years.
1: Fifteen years in the pages. Pages are still fresh.